Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Wolf 359 Reunion episode of Pairing. This is your commander, Emma Sherjarko, welcoming you to this very special episode of Pairing Podcast that I have been dreaming of for a long time. Since I started this show, unsurprisingly, the most requested episode was one about Wolf 359, a little sci-fi audio drama that came out a few years ago. I thought for a long time about how to do it, and I decided that I wanted to include as many folks from the cast and crew as possible, and I actually managed to get almost everyone involved in Wolf 359 into this episode. It was so much fun to record, and I hope it will be just as fun to listen to. So, thank you to Julian Silver, Ariella Rotengold, Noah Mazer, Michelle Agresti, Zach Labresco, Scotty Shoemaker, Cecilia Lynn Jacobs, Michaela Swee, Alan Rohde, Sarah Shackett, Gabrielle Urbina, and, most of all, to communications officer Zach Valenti, who helped me immensely with editing this mammoth episode. You are going to hear from all these people about our experiences making this show and what we think our characters would drink. I may be biased, but I think you're going to enjoy it. So, I wanted to do this episode now for a few reasons. One, if you're listening on release day, it's Christmas 2021, four years to the day since the Wolf 359 finale was released. Wolf was, and remains, such an important piece of art for so many people, and it certainly changed my life and career entirely. 
I'm so grateful for the years that I spent playing Commander Renee Minkowski and for the continued support of our amazing fans, many of whom are you, pairing listeners, who have supported me through the past almost four years of this little podcast. Which leads me to the second reason for releasing this episode now. It's a hard decision, but at 93 episodes, I have decided that once we get to 100 episodes, I'm going to lay pairing down for a very long, possibly indefinite nap. I have loved, loved making this show over the past few years, but between my life going in new and exciting directions and me not feeling I can give pairing the attention and time it deserves, the time feels right to take a pause. Now, I'm not saying pairing will be done forever, but we're going to take a pretty long break. There will still be plenty of places for you to find me on the internet, and I'm really excited to share some of those with you throughout this episode, so stay tuned. And we're not done yet. We have seven episodes left to share, including some that I am super excited about. I'll be talking more about the future of pairing and our Patreon and more here on the show and on our social media in the coming months, so stay tuned. Speaking of our patrons, thank you so much to each and every one of you. Most notably, to our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Rebecca Joy Henrietta White, Rachel Berman, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would happily boss around on the Hephaestus. Now, given that I just announced that the show will be coming to an end fairly soon, that does not mean that the Patreon has ended, and I still immensely appreciate the support I receive on there. So, if you'd like to become a pairing patron over the next few months, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can get access to all sorts of extras. I'll be talking more about the future of the Patreon soon, but it is still live and kicking for the time being. You can also check out my personal Patreon at patreon.com slash emmasherjarko. Okay, this is a pretty long episode, and I know you're all dying to get started, but before we dive in, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. We recorded this with 13 different people, everyone in different spaces, some with microphones, some with phones, some with computers. As I mentioned, the one and only Zach Valenti helped me so much, I cannot even tell you, with the facilitation of the recording process and then with cleaning up the audio. So this episode sounds as good as it does thanks to him. I did my best also in editing everything together, but there were some challenges that, much like the crew of the Hephaestus, I could not overcome. So please forgive me that occasionally this episode sounds a little more like we recorded it on the Hephaestus rather than in the amazing Jared Paul's studio. By the way, shout out to Jared and James Schoen, who were the audio engineers that recorded this whole show. To them, I raise a glass of Balvenie Scotch. Without further ado, here is episode 93, Wolf 359, with the cast and crew of Wolf 359. Okay, so hi, it's me, Commander Sherjarko again. I promise we'll get started soon. I just wanted to let you know a little bit about how this episode is structured. So I organized a virtual Wolf 359 reunion with most of the cast and crew. And much as I wanted to embrace chaos and just record with everyone all at once, cooler heads prevailed and we recorded by breaking up into groups. So in this first group, you will hear from Julian Silver, who played Victor Ryman, Scotty Shoemaker, 
who played Marcus Cutter, and Zach Valenti, who played Doug Eiffel and, my personal favorite, Alexander Hilbert. Julian is an actor and writer for film and TV, and you can also hear him in Unseen, the urban fantasy audio drama from our fearless leaders, Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Scotty, who by the way wins the gold star for this episode for both being the best prepared and also coming the day after he got his booster shot, um, Scotty can also be heard in several audio dramas since Wolf, including The AM Archives by friend of the show Lauren Shippen. Zach you can find, oh, here and there, the aforementioned Unseen, Zero Hours, Time Bombs, but, and you heard it here first, he is starting his first Wolf 359 re-listen today. That's December 25th, 2021, at 3.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. The link to this is at wolf359.fm slash re-listen, and that link is also in the show notes. I am definitely going to be following along, so please join us. Also, you know how I said I was going to tell you some of the places where you can find me once pairing is paused? Well, here's the first. My dear friend and another amazing author, Moira Katzen, has written an absolutely killer epic high fantasy novel called Asundered Throne, and I am on deck to narrate the audiobook. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this, and she is launching a Kickstarter soon to make sure that the book and the audiobook can happen. If you are interested in being notified and or contributing to the Kickstarter, the pre-launch link is in the show notes, or you can find it at moiracatson.com. If you sign up, which is free, you will get access to the first eight chapters of the book, and I think that will get you as excited as I am. Okay, enough from me. Let's dive in. I am so excited to welcome to pairing for the first time for some of you, for the second or third time for some of you. This is what I'm calling the Wolf 359 team kind of evil genius. So welcome Scotty Shoemaker, Zach Valenti, and Julian Silver. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Hello. Um, so good, but also bad. <laughs> Yes, that that is going to be necessary that you give two answers to everything, Zach. One one as Hilbert and one as Eiffel. Do I do this whole thing in a British accent or Yes, yes, also also requisite. Right, no, you don't have to. Well, Bob actually, it. I want why don't we why don't we just start there because that was my one of my questions, Julian, and maybe a question. Oh, yes. Let me just say, uh, for those of you listening, in case you don't know, Julian Silver, who plays Ryman, is it Victor Ryman? Yes, indeed it is. Victor Ryman. Um, So if if it's okay, I'm just going to start off right with you, Julian. Sure. Um, How did you come up with the accent for Ryman? Um, Well, I do accents all the time, just in my daily life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I try to any time. Yeah, I get a part. I try to convince people to let me do an accent, and this time it just happened to work. Amazing! I was just like, I love it. "All right, let me try it on." And I was like, "All right, it's gonna be like street London." Like, yeah, I like think Jason stayed this. Yeah, Jason stayed them. Yeah. Yeah. Like this guy <laughs> probably watched a bunch of those movies, and even if he already had sort of oh, that 100%. accent, he leaned even further into it. Yes, 100%. Actually, I love that for Ryman, that, like, maybe that isn't his real accent. Like, maybe he has, like, a more, like, posh right. accent yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> but then he changed it because he's like, this is cooler. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> right. 
Um, well, and so, so Julian, uh, you came in right at the end of the whole Wolf 359 experience. Yeah, they called me a bandwagon uh, castmate. I just <laughs> hopped on the train at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. But, uh, but I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm biased because we'd worked together before, so I knew how amazing you were already. But it, it really felt like you came in and rounded out that last kind of epic you know, finish to the season. You know, Zach, you and I, we started the show like pretty much usually just the two of us. And by the by the end, we had like 10 people in Jared's studio all recording at the same time. It was so awesome. It was so exciting. Such um, a crazy jump up from that little closet that we were oh sweating God. out those first episodes. Of. Was that in was that Spaceman? That was that was the studio called Spaceman. That was the studio called in Guanis, Brooklyn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Oh, good times, good times. So, uh, Julian, you, you have this is something I'm going to ask everybody, sure. and you probably have the the this might be the easiest for you to answer. But do you have a specific favorite memory from recording from the recording process of Wolf Three Fifty Nine? A favorite memory. Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, there were like 10 of us in that one studio. And I feel like I got to come in on like a really smoothly running train. You know, I just hopped on board. And be the bandwagon. Yeah, I got like a first class (laughs) ticket. Everyone was there at the party. It was like I flew into New York. I got to – it was just an absolute dream because – I was so set up for success. It was just oh. like massive talent around. The The infrastructure was already there. Um, so that day in New York was better than the ones remotely, weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people around. Yeah. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's something I think Michaela can probably speak to also because she recorded remotely for most of the process. But then we got her in for a few episodes in I think season three and then and then for the like last stretch in uh at the end of season four. Um okay. Last question for you for now, Julian. What do you think Ryman drinks? Like what's his drink of choice? Wine wise? Uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to be wine necessarily. Uh, I came up with with my wine ideas, but I'm I also want to hear all of your ideas. Well so. listen, I think he went to Scotland and just went ham on scotch like oh he was just like 100%. oh my god i i know all of them now but if he's gonna go yeah. wine he's going either real heavy red like bordeaux yeah, yeah. um he doesn't fuck around with pinots like no no for he sure doesn't not. fuck around with soft blancs <laughs> uh-uh. um so it's why really... he and jacoby butt heads <laughs> yeah yeah so it's really the meatiest of the reds i think yeah i i was gonna say that uh for wine, for Ryman, I was thinking that he's a Tempranillo drinker, mm. so like Riojas, because like because like he he has to be just like slightly cool, you yes. know, like like he can't go as mainstream as Bordeaux. You're right. But, You're but absolutely like, right. Rioja is has got all the spice to it. Yeah, I love okay. the idea of a South American. Yes, yes, actually, yeah. I bet I, I was also thinking that um, mezcal would be. Would be a, a drink that he would appreciate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's just got to be a little dirty. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I like to say mezcal, mezcal is the scotch of... Tequila. Is the, is the scotch of tequila. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Well chosen. Okay. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I am a professional. Um, <laughs> uh, Scotty. Oh, my Hi. gosh. Hi. So good to see you. I know. It's amazing. I know. It's, this, is, this is so fun. I just, I just kind of want to, like, catch up with everybody, but we have an agenda. Okay. Let's so I've got it. I've got I know. Right? All business. So, um, so I Scotty. I no less, Commander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging in that Minkowski, uh, which, you know, I, I feel like I have some things in common with Minkowski, but, but our, our, our discipline is a little different. Um, <laughs> so, Scotty, what I was going to ask you is, okay, you're probably, I would say, my, my perception you are the cast member of Wolf 359 who is most different from your character. But you play you play evil geniuses so well. And I was going to ask, did you have any any other roles before this that you kind of like had done this before or was was this your first villain? Hmm. Oh, well, okay. Well, first off, I want to start off by saying that Actually, yesterday I got my booster shot, and I feel like absolute oh garbage right now, oh, no, <laughs> which is Scotty. amazing, which oh, is hilarious. No, but I'm Thank good. You so much. I'm here. I didn't even here. tell you that before we started recording. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Everybody, get your booster shot. If Scotty can do <laughs> yeah, it and still be yeah. here, it's just one day. Yeah. Kind of bad, but it's beautiful. And now, on okay. your question, I love it. Yes. Well, so yes. Um, I've actually played a number of evil characters. I think mm. people really like to cast me that way because I'm have I guess such a nice general demeanor. I'm kind of like a smiley mm. friendly person. And so when you make what? someone like that say Yeah, right, crazy. When you make someone like that yeah. say or do evil things, it's very, very unsettling. So it kind of just yeah. works. Like I could just be myself yeah. but say these lines that are awful and it's like really unsettling. Um but yeah. obviously in in uh, college, I was in Gabrielle Urbina's senior thesis movie. That's right. That's right. Of uh, where I also was a little bit of a psychopath. It was a musical <laughs> where I end oh, up right. uh, kidnapping a bunch of people in a cafe. I tie up Noah Beautiful. at one point and uh, and I force them to uh, sing a music or play a musical where I am the star of the musical oh my god uh, i love it i want to see that i i still have never seen it i've heard oh, about this but i need yeah. to see it okay we'll have to send you well, the link yeah please do please do we should we, next cast reunion we'll have a viewing okay amazing i think you're totally right um for those of you who don't know scotty he is like the nicest person ever so it is very unsettling when he is so scary and evil so but it works it really works and it was so fun you were one of the first um, cast members, because we knew that Cece was coming on, but I don't think we'd started recording with her yet at the beginning of season two. And so you were really the first uh, new castmate, new member of this kind of story that I got to work with. And I just remember it was like, it was so fun having you come on. Do you remember, you did you record remotely for those first couple episodes? I think you did. I think I did. I did record yeah. remotely. How many, yeah. Do you remember how many cast members there were when I first joined? Was it just... I, I think it was just it the was... three of us. I think yep. it, was, it was just me, Zach, and Michaela. And Michaela, yeah. And, 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 and we... Keys. And, and yeah. who? And Alan on Keys. Yes, and Alan oh, on yes. Keys, of course. course. Of the course. greatest, the, I mean, honestly... I mean, I'm going to say this to Alan when we talk to him, but can we all just like cheers to Alan for his Ugh, every yeah. damn best. Yeah. Cheers to Alan. Yeah. Most in- to yeah. Alan. 
he's I'm not going to tell him about this and then he'll be so embarrassed when Oh, that'll be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it'll that'll be, be beautiful. It will. Um, it will. But yeah, to answer your question and to sort of piggyback on the question you asked Julian. Yeah, um, yeah. That was my next question. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Favorite. Yeah. So yeah. I did I did record uh, remotely for a lot of it because I was living in San Francisco at the time. I live in right. L.A. now. I was in San Francisco at the time. Right, right. And I had a hilarious recording studio, which was literally like underneath. It was the closet under the stairs. And so. That's perfect. <laughs> and I was Harry like, Potter. I couldn't quite. Yeah, he'd kick Harry Potter out. Yeah, 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 yeah I, exactly. I had to kick him out or he, he had already left for school. So it was OK. <laughs> I actually have one of those in my house. I'm, I'm actually currently this is a walk in closet that I've sort of rigged Ooh. to be to be a little a little more like a like a studio but um but i do we do have a, a coat closet under the stairs and so i've thought about using that instead that's it's just amazing. a little more cramped but yes anyway yeah go so ahead. i would record in there and i couldn't quite fully stand in it i would have to tilt yeah. my head because the, the ceiling was tilted <laughs> oh, no. so sometimes a lot of the times i would record sitting down and that was fine but if sometimes you yeah. really want that energy of standing yeah. especially yeah. if you're like doing an intense scene mm-hmm. so there were times when i did raise the mic up and i was standing with my head <laughs> at a tilt and like kind of getting emotional like getting intense into the into the microphone and then also oh, but i'd have to stop every time someone went upstairs or went downstairs oh no because <laughs> it's like clump 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 because it's like right. literally the right. closet under the stairs and i live with the of course. of course. <laughs> so it'd be like me doing a scene, head tilted, and then pausing in the middle of it as someone clumps up the stairs. Oh my back god, down. that's amazing. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's where I recorded at home. But then I just want to talk about favorite memories of, of just recording with Wolf as well because yes. it was there was I got to go to New York a couple of times, I think two or three times. One was for the live show and one was for some other recordings of special episodes and stuff. And it's just such a magical I think time in my life, like remembering that. Cause I didn't get to go to New York yeah. that often. I went some while we were in college cause we went to college, not that far away, but still New York is, is, is still so exciting and was very exciting when I got Absolutely. to go in those moments. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know, mid twenties, early twenties. I was staying at my friend's place who also was like in a little shoebox apartment. Mm-hmm. He was out of town. He let me stay in his apartment. And it was literally like I was sleeping and it's like his clothes were on a rack, like above the bed. That's how small <laughs> His apartment. So this was. is so this is a theme. You, it's a you theme. being in in, in, clo- in the... small enclosed spaces. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but just like the magic of like waking up in New York and then walking to the studio every day and getting to like see wonderful people was just like yeah memories. Yes. I'll, I'll cherish Ugh. forever. Ugh. Well, I feel similarly because, you know, halfway through I moved away from New York. And so when I got to come back it just it just felt like coming home. It was magical being able to be there and and make this make this art together. So yeah, I absolutely I absolutely relate to that. Okay. Uh, oh, and last question for you, Scotty. Do you have any thoughts about what Cutter's drink of choice would be? Oh yes. Okay. So I did try to find a wine for today, which yes. I would like sort of pair with it. So yeah. I went to I went to this place called Silver Lake Wine, which is like a specialty wine store. And I yeah. went and I asked if they had any wines from Carmel, California, which is where Ooh. Cutter grew up. It's like oh Cutter's origin God. story, right? So I was really wanted this Carmel and in Carmel, Carmel by the Sea, which is also yeah. where my aunt and uncle live. Yeah. Um, so I'm very familiar with it. And they didn't they didn't quite have any ones from exactly Carmel. They had some that were close, but I was like, if it doesn't have Carmel in the name, like ugh, that kinda ugh, like right. that kinda doesn't right. work. So um so I, I, I wandered around and I looked for more and I ended up finding this one. Um <gasps> it, Okay. And I, I will have to describe it, but basically I chose it because the yes. label on the front is pretty much blank. There's not a lot of information except there's a chess board <gasps> and it says red on the top and white on the bottom. 
and yes. um and it looks like white has i guess red or or black whichever it's kind of black and white in in mm-hmm. checkmate or something very close to checkmate there's only a few pieces Ooh. left on the board and the queen is like gold so it's it's chess themed which i thought was very perfect perfect for mr cutter just like yes. scheming chess so that one it drew me to it um it's a cabernet sauvignon from the napa valley 2019 it was made by the Wonderland Project, I think. They're called okay. the Wonderland Project. Um, and where was it? Yes. And the, the vineyard where they got the grapes is called Three Atlas Peak. And I guess uh-huh. the Wonderland Project is like a small wine broker and former sommelier nice. who, who makes these specialty wines, saying, we rely on native awesome. yeast fermentations and minimal interventionist methods. We celebrate California the way it once was. That's amazing. That so. sounds like an awesome wine. I don't I don't think I've ever had that or seen it, but I'm going to look out for it now because that sounds so good. And I do think Napa Cab is a really good one for Cutter because he's very, like, old school, and Napa Cabs are, like, classic, top-notch wines. And so I think Cutter would definitely be a cab drinker. Um, I also thought just for fun that uh, he would probably enjoy... Uh, like a like a sweet riesling. <laughs> wow! Every, every once in a while, every once in a while, just to just to throw you off your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, like that. I feel like he has a bit of a sweet tooth. He that does, would make he, sense. He does. He does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love it. I love it. Okay, Zach. Yes. Zach Valenti. Yes. Okay. What of it? This will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will only be questions about Hilbert. Um, no. <laughs> so, Zach, I don't so much have, like, questions for you as I thought it would be fun for people to hear about, like, how we started how we started working on this. And, yeah. um, and so my first memory of meeting you was I think I came to your apartment on the Upper West Side. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, my parents' place. Yeah. I still lived in yeah. And, um, and then we, like, went and got a couple beers and we were, like... Don't know what we're doing, but I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. <laughs> this this was after taking like about 30 minutes to play improv games in character, I believe. Uh, probably. Yeah. Did we do? Yeah. I'm pretty sure did... Gabrielle put us through our paces um, before we went for those drinks. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like kind no, of I think you're right. figuring out the tones and the, the just like, yeah, just. Oh putting God, that yes, sanding totally right. edge on the rough characters as they yeah. sort of found them found their voices through our voices yes. and vice versa. Yes. He also I... did that with the with the thesis film that I was talking about earlier. Uh-huh. Similar directorial beginnings of like imp- imp- improvising as the characters. I smell oh, I love a that. process. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got your number, Urbino. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so speaking of that, my next memory is one of my favorite memories, which was our very first recording session where we recorded, I think, the first three episodes, maybe just the pilot. So but, my recollection is that we did the pilot at a, basically a music rehearsal space that yes. Jared Paul at the time, who recorded all of pretty much all of the show with some exceptions. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, called in a favor. He hooked us up at some point during the pilot. The drum and bass guy next door started up. Yes. So, <laughs> but even but even before that, I remember that you, Gabrielle, and I were together 
going to the studio. Mm -hmm. And I had previously recorded with Jared for something else, for a different project, and it had been at this one recording studio. And for some reason... I thought that that was the studio that we were going to. And we all thought that and we're on and we the stairs for a long time. A really long time. Before we realized time. we were in the wrong part of Brooklyn. And then didn't uh didn't like your one of your old film professors from Wesleyan show up. And Wesleyan then I ran into up? Professor O'Fault. <laughs> yes, and then he gave us a ride. <laughs> teacher from uh my junior year and he was kind enough to give us a desperate lift yeah. uh, over to uh, the actual studio we yeah. needed to record in, which was not yet Spaceman. It was a different one. No, Spaceman it was a was different where one. We did the next th- two or three episodes for sure. Yes, before. I think it was three. I think I so. I remember. Well, I think you, meeting... you even did cigarette candy. Right. There. I remember we basically had like something like 20 minutes left in the studio or 30 (laughs) minutes left in the studio, which was like almost exactly the runtime of what we needed to get cigarette candy in. Right. And I think you had to like run to like your next thing. And it was just like, well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're doing this thing. Yeah. And I just like went back and forth for the first time in character. Because, because for those of you who don't know, um, at the beginning of the process, we would usually do for, for, for Zach, we would usually do a take, with him as Eiffel and then a take for with him as Hilbert or like a few takes of each. And I would play the other character. Uh, and at a certain point you were just like, no, I'm, I'm way too good for this. And you would just, <laughs> you would just start going back and forth. Um, and it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah. that particularly being, I think that Gabrielle might kill us if we don't get all <laughs> this content recorded in time yeah. because he was not yet on the East Coast that's for that recording session. Right, that's he right. was still living in LA, making his way over here. Yeah, no, you're and totally right. We were like very speculatively spending money we did not exactly have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this uh, this venture at that time, and uh, yeah, I remember just like pure fear. Yeah, kicking in. Yeah, um, no, that's right. I remember because. He he did come out for at least the pilot and maybe the first two or three episodes, but but then he wasn't here or I say here he wasn't in New York until like episode eight or nine I think maybe something like that. Something I, like I, that. I remember him being like remotely involved for that first full like multi episode recording session um, after having gotten to be together for the pilot recording. Yeah. Just to kind of like start things out on the right foot. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So Zach, I'm not going to ask you what you think Eiffel would drink for obvious reasons because, uh, he's wearing his thumb through a very, very distinguished chip at this point. Yes. Yes. I hope so. I hope so. And, but, but Hilbert, that's right. What do we think Hilbert drinks? This is, I don't always drink. Yeah, but when I do, it's seven and seven all the way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I I can't decide with Hilbert whether he's like yeah, like very like basic like Budweiser. It's good. Or, yeah, right. Or like he really likes the really esoteric stuff, you know? Right. Um, right. Ethanol is ethanol after all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I do have a headcanon where, like, he was doing research in Mount Etna, uh, which is a volcano in Sicily, and there's great wines made around there. And so he discovered the wines of Etna, and he's like, mm, yes, these are good. 
This and... is my thing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask you, I, I'm sorry, this has mostly been like my favorite memories, but maybe one of my favorite memories from recording Well 359 was when you were just like messing around as Hilbert and you were doing like fake commercials and you did, <laughs> you did one for Frosted Flakes. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this because you're like, Frosted Flakes, they're okay. <laughs> and I lost it and I lost it and I, I was just like okay this is the funniest thing I've ever heard <laughs> um, but that's all that's it all it is to shame say. I did not get a job yeah yeah <laughs> missed opportunity <laughs> it's true it's true um, but yes this, this is all to say I, I know Zach you and I have talked about this a lot but I feel like in those early days, especially of Wolf, we learned so much from each other because you were just so good at voice acting and like working with the microphone and everything. And I had and never done it before. Actor, um, well, I wouldn't say I'm a genius I have, like, actor, but I barely <laughs> I, touched, um, no, save for a couple no. 24 hour plays at Wesleyan. Um, right, right. And I'd been basically just scrambling with the, uh, sort of piecemeal voiceover scene, commercial mm -hmm. voiceover scene in New York City. Right, which right. consists of throwing a lot of money down speculative holes with like yeah. casting agents and directors and, oh uh, my gosh. and coaches who I got lucky and got some great people. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, let's just say it didn't move so quickly uh, in the earning back that money that I was pretty yep. excited to... Uh, shake Gabrielle down for uh, for the show Bible and Pilot when I first Absolutely. got introduced to uh, the fact that he was working on a show on Facebook. Yes, but so so since I mostly co opted this, do you have any specific? I probably like for me, it's hard to pick just one. But do you have any favorite memories from recording? Oof. I have my most embarrassing gaff. Mm. Um, that's great. Yes. Which was pretty great. I, uh, in the middle of a very long, dramatic take mm -hmm. with, I want to say, almost the entire cast and crew at like a later season when we had like seven or eight people yeah. in the room, like season three, somewhere in there, uh, mm -hmm. maybe season four. I think it must have been season three because we were still at the J Street studio uh -huh. with the, all the creepy puppets in the wings. Oh, I yeah. think there's still a YouTube video somewhere on my channel with those. The, it was with like a marionette guy's storage unit yeah. that got turned into a studio. It was a huge upgrade from the place we did the pilot and like, I think, on par with Spaceman, yeah. um, which was awesome, um, but had the benefit of creepy puppets. Um, yes. And in the middle of a take, I thought that the take was over and somebody had said like the line sort of ended on this thing that in my mind at the time just felt like it worked with you're the best around song. From yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from yep. That fucking um, karate that. kid movie. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like in the middle of a scene where everybody's holding bated breath. I'm like, cool, we're done with that one. And you're the best <laughs> around. I didn't even know all the words. <laughs> he literally yeah, said that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the most painful silence as it dawned on me that we were in the middle of working. 
<laughs> before everybody immediately burst out laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a very fun yeah. moment for everybody. It was great. I, I remember that. I, remember I think that. Gabriel that only lost moment. like half a year of his life for how behind we were in the schedule <laughs> and how much that wasted our time. But it was a very good laugh that I think about not infrequently. It was definitely worth it. It was amazing. Um <laughs> Okay, before before we wrap up with uh, with you three, um, this might be a tough question, but do you have a favorite episode? Not necessarily that you recorded, but one, or it can be a couple to mm-hmm. listen to, or it could be one that you recorded. Um, so this is, a, I think, a non-controversial take uh, yeah. that Memoria remains the highest score tears per minute episode for my personal listening experience, which I hold as a high, high bar in my, my media diet. Absolutely. Love that episode. Yeah. It's so good. And it's okay if you don't remember the titles because I don't always remember the titles of the episodes, but uh, I know Gabrielle and Sarah always do. And I'm, I'm always like, and, and like the, the few episodes that I quote unquote wrote, like I forget that I wrote stuff in them. So, um, but if uh, Scotty and Julian, do you have any particular like moments that stood out to you, like in terms of either listening or recording? I I don't think so. I don't think I have an answer to this. I mean, obviously, the That's show fine. changed completely when I came in. And it it's did. Sort of it hard did. to even think about it. It's like a pre <laughs> right right pre Victor Ryman, post Victor Ryman. So it's, yeah. 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 So I would say that first your your entrance. Right. It's like pick an era. Which era do you like better? Yeah. Whoa. Everything changed. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I know you're being facetious, but it's true. (laughs) Scotty. Yeah. um, Memoria always felt like a standout for me as well. Yeah. I have to say. Um, And I always love the episodes where you're like Minkowski's going hard against the plant monster. That was always lovely and funny. That's my, Um, I mean, uh, selfishly, that was uh, my favorite to record. One of my favorites to record. Minkowski commanding. Yeah. What a what a gift! What a gift to be able to do that because I feel like that was one of the first times I really got to do like comedy. Maybe maybe not. That's not true. But Minko- but it was very fucking funny. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. She didn't think so. Minkowski did not think any but that's of that what makes was it funny. so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then to sort of prep for this, I was reading over uh, that special episode Volt Face again. Yeah. Because it was just like, and that was just a really fun one to record. I mean, I liked it because it also revealed a lot about Cutter's origin story and background, but it was also really fun one to record because the whole thing was just kind of like a stalemate chess chess game totally. going back to chess of um totally. between me and like ariella or rachel yeah who was going by a different name when it started yeah it was, right it's that one was really fun that is a great episode and if you haven't listened to it because maybe some people who have listened to will 359 might have missed that one go back and listen to it it's so good it's so good um, I also I also just wanted to say because this was one of the first times we got to work together, Scotty. But the live show was so fun. I don't know if oh. that counts, but uh, yeah, of course, of course. But it yeah. <laughs> but it was so right. fun. It was so fun. I, I think that might be the funnest. Like I don't know. I, I having not had a lot of experience with live performance. Yeah. Like, that holds a special place in my heart. Um, Absolutely, with the whole series. it's different. It's different. Live performance is different from you know either film or voiceover um but but it was it was just such a treat it was such a treat yeah just getting that feedback from people and like yeah like people from canada like I coming know. to see us in like union square like it was I crazy know. it was wild so weird it was wild loved it loved it it was really wonderful 
And to think about also that some pe- some people who were then would become cast members like right away were in the audience as well. I think Michelle yeah. was in the audience. I think, yeah. And Noah, yeah. Noah was famously Noah. pat her head as you enter the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> ugh, amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. I could keep talking to you all for much, much longer, but we've got other people to talk to also. So... Thank you so much. Uh, it's a delight to see you all. I'm so grateful that we got to have this experience together. And uh, it was wonderful working with every single one of you. You too. Thank you, Commander. I got you, Commander. Same. Aww. I love you all so much. So despite my past as a stage manager, I wasn't able to schedule a time that worked for absolutely everyone to do this reunion, but I was able to snag some of those who couldn't make it after the fact, including the one and only Ariella Rotengold, who played Rachel Young on the show. I can attest that Ariella is one of the best people in the world, one of my dearest friends, and whose voice you can also hear in Zero Hours, an aforementioned project from Long Story Short Productions. Now, in this little conversation, I had some major issues with my audio. It's a long story. I'll tell you some other time. But again, Zach Valenti helped me make it sound so much better. So I hope you'll enjoy. Well, I'm so thrilled that we managed to squeak in a little uh, squeak in. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, we're squeaking it in. Um, (laughs) A little little recording session with the one and only Ariella Rotengold. Name changed. Name changed. A whole new person. Formerly the the, the Ariella formerly known as Rotenberg, um, who plays Rachel in Wolf 359. Woohoo! I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is such a joy. I was so sad I couldn't be with y'all. I know. It was fun. But, you know, it. it I mean, now that I'm recording this after the fact, we're going to release it, you know, all together. But um, this Emma has some perspective that former Emma did not have, which is that the sad part was I didn't really get to catch up with anybody during the mm. yeah so so that was so that was a little bit of a bummer but but anyway uh that's okay the art comes first <laughs> <laughs> um so Angela, i have a couple of questions which i have been asking everybody and so i'm gonna ask you as well if that's okay great of course yes Awesome. Okay, so my first question is, do you have a favorite memory from the recording process of Wolf 359? Mm, yes. So as you and I were saying before we started recording, yes. I, I am experiencing the, the uh, challenges of memory that I think many of us are yes. in these strange t- and upsetting times we remain in. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, you and I am, I am, uh, on this end of our microphones from in New York City where cases have like doubled in the last three days. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, or like positivity rates anyway, but regardless. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this is memory and how much of this is I've seen this photo a million times. And so now it like that feels counts. like a memory. That counts. Yeah. That counts as memory. There's this great photo where I'm sitting on a chair, either like on Zach Labresco or next to Zach Labresco, and mm-hmm. we are making like real funny faces together into the camera. And yes. um, that, and I do remember that like he and I were just kind of like 
being goofballs together um, in the in the studio, and it was like such a fun, wonderful time. Yeah. Um, and just like the camaraderie of like all of us being together. I don't know if listeners know that that was one of the only times that we were like really yeah. every single person we were all together in that space. It was so magical. I think it really was the only time that we were all together. Yeah, I I think there were there were times when it was almost everybody, but that was the only time that it was every single one of the cast members. Uh, yeah, and, and Alan too, Alan Reddy. and Alan. So uh, that that's definitely a, a fond memory, I think, for all of us. And and I feel like uh, everybody has a different favorite photo with Zach Labresco. I feel like that's a from from the recording process. <laughs> He's good a, like that. He's really he 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 takes good pictures. He takes good pictures with us. Do you? I don't actually know if you know this, Emma, but um, Zach yes. Labresco was in his. So we all met in college. Yes. Um, Zach Labresco was in his first year when I was in, I think it was my, my senior year, yes. um, of college. And I was the teaching assistant in one of his intro theater classes. Mm-hmm. And to this day, he mostly refers to me as from Zach Labresco's voice, my TA. Yes. So like I remain <laughs> Zach Labresco's TA to yeah. this day. That makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, um, Zach and I met my senior year of college, which would have been the next year. I think we'd met before, but we really got to know each other working on Richard the third, which was my thesis performance. I played Richard and and killed it well thank you you were um, so good oh i appreciate that um but zach played several roles including catesby who's one of richard's servants towards the end and um, and so uh we still <laughs> refer to each other sometimes he calls me he calls me richard or and sometimes i'll call him catesby so you know oh. these things these things carry over and uh, is he still your servant uh no, he's surpassed me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to joke that he's my he was my protege because we we did Shakespeare together and then he did Shakespeare and Company a couple years after I did mm-hmm. Shakespeare and Company. But then he ended up doing like way more with them. So I he 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 surpassed me. He surpassed me. We can all just be different, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um okay, but then my next question for you, Ariella. This yes. is the most important. Oof. I know. What do you think Rachel drinks? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. This is the best question. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I so have my I, ideas, but I want to hear what you think. And it's like, which wine does she drink? Or just it like, what does she drink? It doesn't what does she drink? Be wine. Um, okay. it, could be, it could be another, another kind of alcoholic, or non-alcoholic beverage. If you think she's not a, not a booze. I'm drinker. pretty sure that she drinks scotch neat. Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure she's just, like, mainlining any form of whiskey that she can get her hands on. I love that. I love that. Um, In my my headcanon, she also – I think of all the characters on Wolf 359, with maybe the exception of Kepler, she has the best taste. Um, Oh, for sure? Yeah. Like, she's drinking – real good scotch or she's she's drinking like white burgundy like i picture her coming home after a long day and like uh have you seen ted lasso 
Of course I have. Of course you have. Okay, so I picture her as the Hannah Waddingham, like, coming home, like, kicking off her pumps and, like, pulling a bottle of wine out of her wine fridge and, <gasps> and just Emma? pouring it. <laughs> you, so, okay, so, yes, yes, yes. This is what I think. I think all of the alcohol that she owns and keeps in her home, yes. very top shelf. Like, yes. absolutely. I love, I love this analogy. I think that... She can get a little well drinky at the dive bar. Yeah. I think if she has like a long day and she's just like, I mean, staying in the Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham theme, I think that she can just like be done and like go get just like whatever is available to her. I love that. I love that. Yes. But yeah, I think that like there's a lot of appearance that like she, I think that she like keeps the nice stuff at home. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. I love that. So those are all the questions I have for you, unless there's um, a favorite episode um, from Wolf 359. Mm. But I know you were saying, like, memory, pandemic. Let's see. I mean, I just, I think that the finale in part just because it, like, was such a wonderful recording experience. And because we were all together, like, is just, like, such such a treat and has to be up there for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also literally can't remember the name of any other episode right now. Oh my god, I can't remember the names of any of the episodes. So don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. With a, with a few exceptions, but whenever I'm talking to Zach uh, uh, or sometimes Zach, but uh, definitely Gabrielle and Sarah, they they have like an encyclopedic knowledge, which oh. makes sense because they wrote them. Yes, but and they're a little encyclopedic. Like they, they just yeah, have those definitely. those like a brilliant, amazing mnemonic brains. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ariella. I'm so thank glad we got you. to we got to squeeze you squeeze you in. Right? That's what I said. Yeah. We 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 we, we, uh, we squealed, squealed me in. We squeaked me. Squealed. In. Squeaked you in. We squeaked, squeaked you me in. in. Yes, we squeaked you in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This was so fun. It's so good to see you, and we'll have to catch up more soon. That sounds great. All right. Next on the docket, we've got Noah Mazer who played Daniel Jacoby, Michelle Agresti, who played Alana Maxwell, and writer extraordinaire Sarah Shackett. You can hear Noah in an episode of Zero Hours and Michelle in some of my favorite audio dramas of the past few years, Arden and Hit the Bricks. Sarah told me not to plug anything for her, but she is too amazing not to share that she is quietly one of the best writers in audio fiction, and I am so excited that she has written an episode for the upcoming season of Wooden Overcoats. Spoilers, you're going to hear more about that later on. And since I've got your attention, I've got another thing to promote for myself. Look, it's my show. I am so excited to announce that I am an acting coach on Skills Hub, an online community of voice and other types of actors, founded by the legendary voice actor Jennifer Hale, who voices Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, amongst several hundred other roles. Skills Hub is an amazing resource for all actors, and if you're interested in voice acting or audio drama and you want to chat with me about it, you can book a session with me, and there are also tons of free resources on the site please check it out at acting.skillshub.life. All right, on to the next phase. Uh, Noah, could you slate this one? Oh, yeah, let me slate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a, a convening of the, of the slates. We are, we are here today. We are gathered here today for one slate and for one slate only we shall we shall not make any mis mis slates or mistakes we all know this <laughs> this is take 1 and hopefully the only take <laughs> and uh yes 
then we clap. Yay! Welcome, <laughs> welcome to pairing. Um, welcome back, uh, Sarah and Michelle, and welcome for the first time, Noah. Um, so excited. Very happy to be here. Um, Thank you. Yay! Um, so this is uh. Most of Team Jacoby, sadly, Zach Labresco couldn't be here tonight, um, but he's with us in spirit. Uh, he's, you know, we're raising a glass of Balvenie scotch to him. Uh, I have scotch for him. Don't worry. Okay, great. Great. I knew I could count on you, Sarah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to go kind of through uh, with each of you and and others. Feel free to chime in at any at any time. And just I've got a couple questions for you about this crazy thing we did called Wolf 359. And Sarah, let's start with you. Why not? Sure. The 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 soul of Wolf 359. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 sticking to that. No, seriously. When once you came on, I mean, I know. Well, I made a face for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She did. Um, but so, Sarah, you were kind of like script consulting, I think, for Gabrielle before you officially mm-hmm. came on as a writer. Is that correct? Yes. Um. I. Yeah. I uh got the initial pilot. Uh, just in one of, at the time, many like friend swaps of our writing projects. And then he just kept sending me scripts and I kept yeah. <laughs> like liking them. And eventually um, I was in a vulnerable enough place in my personal life where he was able to manipulate me into coming on as a writer. Um, and it was a joy. Ah, oh, classic. Manipulation. Classic. <laughs> we're, we're just figuring out all Gabrielle's tactics. Classic Urbina. This. Classic Urbina. That's how all friendships, all good friendships begin with yeah, schemes. With man- <laughs> schemes and manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. Just yeah. waiting until you're emotionally vulnerable. Enough. Yeah, yeah. That's the key to a good friendship. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a good working relationship also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it seems it seems Absolutely. to have worked. Um, and and I know I know, at least from an acting perspective, it was just such a joy to work on uh, the scripts that you wrote. I mean, I know you worked on all of them to some extent, but the ones that you wrote specifically were just such a joy. So, so wonderful. And so I'm trying to so I'm, I'm going through and I'm asking everybody the hardest of questions, which is, do you have a favorite memory from mm. the recording process? And it's okay if it's not just one. Um, it's an excellent question. It could be also from the writing process for you. Ooh. Um, I mean, I think to, to stick to the recording process, I really loved us all. I, I loved the live show. Um, and the fact that like everyone was in the same place, even yes. Michelle, Noah, and Zach, who weren't a part of it yet, were there yes. and part of and part of that madness. Yes. Um, so the night of the live show is a is a big high for me. As is the finale recording. Um, for yeah. you know, as bittersweet as it was, it was a lot of fun that weekend. Um, and something I think we all kind of needed. And I I I loved I loved uh being there for the finale. Yeah, and it was so great to have because Michelle, you came back for that as well, and so it really was like we were all there together. Yeah. It was that was definitely definitely a highlight for sure. Yeah, and the live show was so much fun. We were I was just talking with the other the other boys about this, but uh, we had we had so much fun doing that, and it was just a totally different way of telling the story, and being able to do that was just such a such a treat yeah i think i was behind the camera for that i think i was filming yeah i think you were (laughs) yeah like i think we 
I think I think yeah, at that yeah. point so Zach and Zach and Noah were working. Yeah, yeah, the they were. <laughs> I yeah. was just yes. there. Yeah, yeah. You were just sat next to Scotty, right, Michelle? I know, I was sitting next to Scotty, <laughs> yeah. who was also like a surprise guest at the live show. Right. And like right. years later, some fans like figured that out. They were like Wait, isn't that Michelle Agresti yeah, sitting yeah. next to Mr. Cutter like in the live show recording? <laughs> yep. And we yep. were because we were already I guess we were already cast at that point, but we hadn't mm-hmm. Yes. We hadn't started. Yeah, but nobody knew that we were gonna be in it. Yeah. But no one knew, yeah. Wow. Yeah, also, fun. um fun fact, Michelle, I don't know if you know this. I feel at this point I feel like I can tell you this. Um, Gabrielle very sweetly, like during a read through when it was still just me, Zach and Cece, I think, cause, cause Michaela wasn't there. Um, he was like, so we're, so we're casting these new characters and I want to give you guys the opportunity to audition. And I was like, oh, I want to audition for Maxwell. So I auditioned for Maxwell, but he made us do it like live and in front of each other. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, very mean, but also, worked out for the best because I'm so glad that you came on and played the role of Maxwell, which uh, you were, it was just such an amazing part. And you, I mean, I, you know, so many people talk about, and I don't think this is necessarily uh, the, you know, the only thing that we can talk about Maxwell for, but, you know, people talk about Memoria and um, you were such a driving force of that script and that recording process it was just it was just a delight to be there in the room with you and Michaela um so uh don't worry Sarah I'm not done with you but I just felt like switching over oh to- no you can be done with me <laughs> talk- <laughs> to talk about like fond memories of recording times when we recorded Memoria we were at yeah Jared's old studio yeah the marionette and- studio Yes, the marionette studio that had all of these, like, uh, scary puppets everywhere. And it was, like, the middle of summer, and we had to turn off the air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was so hot. It was so... So we... Michaela and I were just, like, dripping with sweat. Yeah. Like, in this together. It was very... um, It was a good memory. Yeah, it was a real... It was a real marathon, and it really... I mean, it really paid off. Obviously. Obviously. Okay, quick question back to you, Sarah, real quick. So I'm asking... Yeah, that was a fun recording weekend. Yeah. Because we... That was the first time we had Michaela in the studio with us, right? Is that true? I think. I think so. Yeah, and we'd had like a a season party or something yeah. as, as, as part of that weekend, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And everyone was super hungover for when we recorded um, All Things Considered, which was perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, yes. And then oh, yeah. everyone, I just remember like the bated breath that people had in the studio when we were recording Memoria on a different day, <laughs> thank God. Yes. Um, oh, I remember when we had the party at Zach's old office. Oh, right. Was it, right? Was it that one? There were there yeah. were there were several parties, yeah. Um, but I I have to say personally that recording all things considered is one of my favorite memories um, because it was just it was just like a very different uh, 
a very different kind of episode than we had done before and getting getting to play with Noah and Zach and just be utterly absurd. That might have been the funniest like time like spent recording for sure. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when 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 Gabrielle just like let us each like improvise like 2 minutes of screaming Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and with, what was it CC with the Thunderdome line that yes. I think about? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I love so Gabrielle always, Gabrielle and Zach always ask us, like, what would you like to see from the upcoming season? And I, right. I like, never know what to say, like, because it's like, I don't know what what's the story, guys. Yes. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I always say musical episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that season I said, I would love if we had, mm-hmm. like, an all-girls slumber party. Like, yes. what if we had, like, girls only, like, slumber party night? And, like, oh. that was the answer. <laughs> was this game night um so that one is my greatest regret because i was not able to be there in the studio to record that one for for funzo because that was funzo right that was funzo yeah and so i recorded i recorded the funzo episode on my mic that i'm recording on now which hopefully now sounds much better than it did um but winston set it up like way too comp complex because he had done stuff for film and tv and so he had like a lapel on me and like we were recording in like five different places or something and so i sent this massive file to gabrielle and he was like i don't know what you've done and i was like i don't either so (laughs) i would if i had one wish it would be if we could do if we could do a reunion and re-record my part of the Funzo episode, that would make me very happy. But that that episode was so fun. I loved that. I loved that one, too. I feel like too. the read-through of that might have been the hardest I've ever laughed. Like, I just yeah. hearing it for the first time, yeah. I was like, this is the most <laughs> oh, ridiculous yeah. thing. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And that was such a wonderful thing about the show. And Sarah, y- you could probably talk about this as well, um, just, like, finding the balance because, you know, we sort of started off, like, funny and and kind of absurdist and then got very, very serious. Mm-hmm. And then and then the balance throughout the rest of the season of striking, like, comedy versus drama, I think, I think we did a good job. And I give all the credit to the writers. Uh, but, Sarah, I was going to ask you... So, and this is a question that I'm going to ask you, Noah and Michelle, mm-hmm. but this, it's slightly harder for you because I've been going through and thinking about uh, what each character would would be their drink of choice. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be wine, um, ah. but uh, but for you, Sarah, as a writer, <laughs> what is your what is your drink of choice, or do you think there's a good a good drink to have with? Wolf 359 or a particular episode of Wolf 359? Ooh. Um, I I remember, I think, yes, you were a part of this, Emma. The final cast party yes. that we had for, for um, season four. Um, yeah. I bought a bottle of, of a whiskey called Writer's Tears. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Yes. The perfect. Everyone who had written an episode of the show did a shot of that yeah. at that party. And and so I I it's it, I love it because uh, of that memory and it's it's an Irish whiskey so it's a little bit sweeter but still has that kind of bracing balance which the show does too yeah um that's and actually, it just, that's yeah perfect. I would say uh, it was a show that I gr- yeah I grew a lot on and like learned kind of how 
to write mm-hmm. for audio, uh, which yeah. was a process. Um, of course. Early drafts of my season two episodes, uh, no one ever needs to see. Because, uh, <laughs> who boy. Um, I'm sure they were great. I'm sure they but were yeah, great. Yeah, I would say, I would say uh, that, that whiskey in particular. Okay, I love that. I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Irish whis- Irish whiskey is is it feels like a really good drink for Wolf three fifty nine and Rider's Tears, of course, because any any writer sheds good tears. Um, I mean, I gotta. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. And also, we uh, wanted people to cry. I want to be clear about that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. That was part show. of the point. That was part of the intention. <laughs> Absolutely, we want you Absolutely. to be miserable. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because then the funny bits hit harder exactly exactly it's all about the juxtaposition okay mr Mazer. yes so how do you slate so well no <laughs> <laughs> you know i have other questions i have other questions but uh i was raised i want to know i was raised to slate <laughs> i think yeah. it was one of those things where you were born to slate born to slate <laughs> If I'm not told, if I'm told to stay on script, I will ta- I will stay on script. But if I'm not right. given a script and I have to make something up, well, that's yeah. my time. That's my time to paint my with my imagination brush. Right. You know? Right. And <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. For for those of you who don't know, I feel like we've talked about this in like AMAs behind the scenes and stuff. But Noah Noah's slating was like worth the price of admission. For, for the only problem actors. was that, uh, you know, we, we would spend like two minutes of the recording time yeah. <laughs> on the hard drive space and be taken up just, just, just lady. I think Gabrielle was like, okay, well, we got to get out of here at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, he's like, and this is costing me. How much yeah, exactly. Money? But yeah, yeah. But, um, but, uh, but, but, and yet he still kept asking you to do it. So I think, uh, I think it was I think it was all worth it. Um but so uh I so I I as I told I told you all at the beginning of this I am drinking a wine called Jacoby. Yeah. Um which I had to. It's spelled with a k but we'll we'll forgive them for that. Um <laughs> He planted that wine actually. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, I was thinking for Jacoby that he would definitely be like a hipster wine snob like like really into orange wine like yeah, all i mean he's basically natural. a chemist right yeah exactly exactly so, yeah i think he would be really serious about it i think his wine would be like um it would be maybe start subtle but it would be surprisingly alcoholic as well like definitely <laughs> it would kind of yes. hit you and you'd be yes. like, wait what happened um yes. Like a bomb, exactly. It would hit you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, that's perfect. And there's that's a perfect. lot. Is, is a wine with a lot of hidden features. You know, it's like he's yes. he's a very he keeps himself very close. You know, close to the chest, so he doesn't kind of like reveal much uh, on the outside. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, Noah, talking about all that about about Jacoby. Um, yeah. He he was one of my favorite characters um, because well. Obviously, because of your amazing performance, oh, yeah. but also, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. um, totally, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. But, but really, like, was a really surprising character, I think, in kind of his journey. And I don't know if you have anything, anything to to say about like 
what kind of his arc felt like to you because to me he's kind of one of the most demonstrably like starts in this place ends up in a very different place sure kind of characters yeah i mean i think he surprised me too i I, like when i first read him i i mean i was auditioning for a couple of roles like i was sort of yeah um you know i was more interested in in kepler yeah um i i thought he was immediately to me a more interesting character you know to play this like super um intimidating person you know whereas like you know Jacoby to me felt easy. It was like, okay, right. he's sarcastic. Like, you know, he does, he's not really interested. He's overcompetent. And that's yeah. sort of like, you know, okay, that's sort of all there is to it. And I think that there was a lot more buried deeper. And also I think this sort of happens when you play a role, but like your own personality starts to come in and starts to leak in. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, as he moved on his journey, also he kind of became more like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Absolutely. And and that's something that I think about a lot is how lucky I felt to be able to play a character for that long. And, and, you know, if I go back and listen to like early episodes of Wolf 359, I'm like, ooh, I did not know who Minkowski was yet. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that was, you know, at a certain point, the actor just informs the character that just, that's just how it works. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think I think there was there's a silliness to Jacoby, which you know leaks in on different places. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> sticking in his fear of ducks, which is yes. one of my favorite things. <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> yeah. which is like of course, yeah. It's like it makes perfect sense. But part of it makes perfect sense because you know of how Jacoby had moved thus far and how the performance. Like I don't know if that would have made perfect sense with a different actor, you know, playing yeah. Jacoby in the first place. Um, it might I have think, gone very differently. Yeah, yeah. And there's sort of a heart there. It it would have. We learned a whole lot just by about the characters by listening to you guys. And I think yeah. especially with Jacoby and Maxwell, like, I I sort of thought I knew who they were. And then I had to write like the first episode um, with you two. And having listened to what you had done, and so just sort of like the, the early episodes of season three, I was like, Oh, I'm being surprised. These are very different people. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think like, you know, there's the, I think one aspect that I was interested in was like his loyalty, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's, he's a person who has pretty strict loyalties and like, you know, it starts to become one of these things where when you first meet him, it's like, okay, this person is this way. And then you have to start thinking about why. And that's where it becomes, he becomes a deeper character. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So for both Noah and Michelle, I want to ask you, do you have favorite memory like like and we talked about this a little bit like some of our favorite memories but is there like anything we haven't talked about yet or is there a favorite episode that and sarah you can ask you can answer this too like just like a favorite episode to listen to um i think i uh, like uh, not to not to bring the mood down yeah um <laughs> but what if that's my okay favorite that's part memories. of our thing <laughs> one of my favorite memories and there's a really there's a really sweet picture of me Noah and Zach from this day. Yeah. It was like right after Trump got elected Ooh, and we had yeah. and something else um very sad happened in the personal lives of yeah. many people um yeah who worked on Wolf 359. And it coincided with a recording weekend. And recording yeah. weekends were always special because people literally flew in for them. Yeah, I remember. Right? I actually I remember so, flying in. Yeah. And um, so we were all together and it was like during this time where everyone was feeling very low. 
And it was a just lovely. It was just like lovely to be there together making stuff with people. And there's a really sweet picture of like me, Noah, and Zach like cuddling on the ground. Yeah. From that oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite memories that weekend, even though we were all very sad. It was just like very nice to be together. No, I think you're really, you're right. That was that actually that memory stands out to me because I do remember it was like a week after Trump got elected and we were all like kind of in shock. And but then to be able to come together and like make art together and tell this story together and just be together was a gift. It was such a gift. The moment that sticks out to me is when um, when, when Zach oh, no. finished recording but started singing. Yeah. <laughs> he thought that the, that the take was done, but it was in the middle of the take. Yeah. And he just starts singing. Oh, my God. He brought that. <laughs> just so you know, he brought that oh up, Oh, my too. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're the best around. <laughs> Nothing's gonna ever bring you down. And, so and we were, and we were, yeah. It was so sincere. It was like a very serious scene too. And it and we was, were all it was silent. not done. It was not done. Yeah. And I remember just looking at him and being like, "There's more to the scene, you know. You know that, right?" Because <laughs> it's not out of character for Eiffel to just no. break into songs. It's like maybe he's doing a thing. <laughs> Oh, God. It was perfect. <laughs> He's making a choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was incredible. We were all oh, dying. So good. A classic it was so moment. Good. I'm glad that it's already been brought up. Um, yeah. I, 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 hope, I hope that this last group that I'm recording with also brings it up. Um. <laughs> yeah. I would say... My oh my favorite episode that I recorded I think yeah. personally my favorite like my favorite Jacoby episode yeah. is Time to Kill um, with yes. the multiple yeah. Jacobys <laughs> I just had a blast yes. recording that yes. and like I was like screaming the whole time right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah wild oh, amazing um, yeah amazing and, and my favorite episode to listen to honestly like this might be one of my like favorite just like as just a piece of like audio fiction to mm-hmm. me it doesn't even have Jacoby in it it's Mayday. I love um, Mayday. I, I also think, love Mayday. Mayday is phenomenal. I think Mayday is like it's a really unique like format and like the way it's presented. And I, w- I just was just like, wow, like we're doing something really cool with audio. I just thought Absolutely. Mayday is awesome. I agree. I agree. The, the Pan Pan was one of my favorites to record, and that was one where like again talking about like tough situations like i hadn't like i'd just flown in like i hadn't slept in 36 hours cc was sick and like everybody was kind of miserable but it just worked for that for that episode yeah um and then and then to listen yeah. to that was another one where it was really hot and you guys were pretending to be yes cold. that's right that's <laughs> right I just remember yes being we... the booth being like how are they they're really good actors yeah, yeah. how are they doing this <laughs> Well, if you're in that much discomfort, it's not hard to imagine a different kind of discomfort. Um, but yeah, those were those those two <laughs> recording Pan Pan and listening to Mayday. Yeah, listening to Mayday, I was like, oh fuck, we we're doing something really cool. Um, yeah. So I agree. Totally. Okay, last question, Sarah. You already kind of answered this one, but uh, uh, oh, actually, and Noah, you you did too, talking about Jacoby, but Michelle. What do you think Maxwell's drink of choice is? Okay, okay, so I've been thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I have been thinking about this. And my, like, first inclination is, like, she drinks vodka. Like, I think Maxwell's very to the point. Like, yeah. she's probably drinking a martini. Yeah. Probably drinking a martini. And she's probably drinking the kind of martini that doesn't have anything in it. Yes. Um, just, like, f- saying as somebody who's made a bunch of 
martinis for customers. Yeah. Many people don't even want vermouth. Right. I don't know what they think we're doing, what, but what do they, they think want a cold is? vodka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want cold vodka in like a triangle glass, yeah. you know? And yeah. like that's what that's what the people want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think Maxwell is, like, somebody who would order a martini. And it's not dirty. It's, like, just a straight-up martini. Yeah. And the reason why I was like, oh, she's probably drinks a vodka soda. But that's mm. kind of, like, a party drink. I yeah. don't think Maxwell's a partier. No. Also, just in the recesses of my mind, I remember that Maxwell is technically from Montana. And yes. this never, like, really came up during the series. But yeah. Maxwell's, like, from Montana. She's from a farm. She's, like, <laughs> right. sharpshooter, has all brothers. Totally. That kind of lifestyle. And also what I was thinking about is that Maxwell was definitely a horse girl. Oh, 100%. Crazy horse girl. Yeah. 100% horse 100%, girl. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Maxwell's <laughs> 100% a horse girl. And that's where my mind went. And it, that's just funny to me because I also play um, another character on another podcast, Bia Caseleon Arden. Yeah. Not to yes. plug. But Bia is also... No, plug, plug away. Bia is also a confirmed, confirmed horse girl. Confirmed horse girl. <laughs> Michelle, you found your type. So I am, yeah. I'm fully typecast as a horse girl. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that. And that also... So there's so many wines that are... That, like, have horses on the label or are, like, about horses or, or like... Uh, name for horses or something. So I think if Maxwell drank wine or like went to a wine store, she would just seek out the wines with horses on the label. And that's like her only like cost is not an issue. It can be it could be five dollars. It could be five hundred dollars. Maybe not five hundred dollars. But I hope I hope that. Um, yeah. How much do we get paid? You know. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that I feel this like, evil corporation play, yeah, pays you well. Like but... horse wine, horse, not for fancy horse wine or like shitty horse wine. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I personally think that Team Jacoby clearly I makes can more have money fancy horse wine than the rest of the crew. All right, right. I'm right, right. Oh yeah. Who who has more money than the rest of Team the crew? Team Jacoby right. makes more money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we, get, we make more money. Yeah. Um. Also, I was thinking about my favorite yeah. episodes. Um. And I was a little yes. slow because I may or may not have had to look up their names. Um, I don't remember <laughs> most of the. I don't remember most of the episode titles. I I feel terrible, but like like even the ones I wrote, I don't. <laughs> there are or, a couple. Quote unquote, there's wrote, a couple from but... the first season that I really liked because the first season was like oh good. First season was pretty fun, right? I mean, like that's a joke of Wolf Three Five yeah. Nine is that like the tone shifted considerably yeah. tone traveled considerably yeah. over the four seasons yeah um and there yeah. were like just a couple of like fun experimental episodes like i liked the one about the empty man oh yeah remember that one Great one yes that was so fun oh yeah the empty man is yeah. i feel like em- empty man was was maybe the first that we were like oh yeah this is cool the empty man cometh um, was very cool um and funny and fun and then I nice. I feel like we always talk about Am I Alone Now? Mm, yes. Where we have... Yeah. Yeah, where we do deep dives with each character. Yeah. Which I really liked. I really well. liked that. I really liked that, too. And it was it was so different. It was so different from anything we had done before and really anything we did after, too. We didn't really go back to that kind of format, I don't think. But that, that made yeah. that episode really stand out I think and I think it does mark like a turning point where it's not it's not to say that there weren't hints of what was to come before but that moment but that episode you're like oh these care we're getting to know these characters on a much deeper level um and I thought 
it was it was it was great to record. It was really fun to record and uh, hopefully good to listen to also. Well, thank you guys. I Again, I could just like keep talking with all of you. This is why it's good that we're doing it in segments. In smaller <laughs> yeah, in segments because otherwise yeah, it would exactly. just be like, hey, remember that time? Hey, remember that time? Um, but this was so fun. Thank you, Team Jacoby. Um, the best. <laughs> the best. The best team. Uh, which is, I, I wish Zach were here because he he really he really coined Team Jacoby. He I did. Think. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was the he was a spearhead. He was he that. was he was the team Jacoby stand. <laughs> yeah, um, the one yeah. playing the leader of the team who wasn't Jacoby, <laughs> not even Jacoby to be the team name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the most Zach Labresco oh, thing. Oh, yeah, it's classic Labresco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most Zach Labresco thing. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this was so fun. I hope that we get to do. Uh, more like this in person soon. But thank you so much for being on pairing. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Oh wait, Emma. Emma, yes. I have one more thing to say. Yes. I have one more yes. thing to say. Yes, so Michelle. The time the time I appeared on pairing. Yes. Um, Emma and I did gas station wine mm-hmm. where we both got wine from mm-hmm. a gas station and we talked about Britney Spears. And it's been a couple of years. Yes. Oh and Britney is free. She's free now. Britney is free. <laughs> Britney and is also free. the wine the wine that I brought today is um three week old opened wine Pinot Grigio. That I still so have perfect. some left in the bottom of to drink out of anyway. So we've come, we've come a Full long way, circle. and we also haven't gone anywhere at all. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> time is a flat circle. I love it. I love it so much. That also feels very Maxwell. Like she would find, she would find like a three-week-old Pinot Grigio in her fridge and be like, "Cool." Like, <laughs> yeah, she's like a farm. She's like a farm person. Yeah, absolutely. Not too fancy. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're here and that Brittany is free. Thank goodness. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. So you probably noticed that Colonel Kepler wasn't in the last segment, but don't worry. I was able to snag the absolutely incredible Zach Labresco after the fact. We talk about some of the things that Zach is up to in this conversation, so I won't plug it twice. But since Zach and I met doing Shakespeare... Now seems like a good time to announce that my big project for 2022 is creating a Shakespeare podcast. I've got some amazing folks on board helping me, and we are in the planning stages of creating full audio productions of Shakespeare, accompanied by episodes of scene work and education. I could not be more excited, so stay tuned and follow me on Twitter at The Great Dilemma for updates. Um, so I am so thrilled that we were able to bring the great Zach Labresco in for a quick chat. Welcome, Zach. Hi, Emma. Hi, how are you? Uh, hanging in there. Hanging in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're back in school, so you're really, you're really the busiest of all of us at this point. (laughs) I don't, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a push to the finish. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember. I vaguely remember those times. I remember you remembering those times. Yeah. And our days of yore. Our days of yore. In Middletown, I, Connecticut. Spoilers. Um, I I think I think this part will come before our, this conversation, so it won't be a new for the listeners. But uh, Ariella and I just recorded last night. Um, mm. Ari, Ariella wrote in gold, and and we and we spent a great deal of time remembering how we met you at Wesleyan. So oh, no. um, you've been you've been a great a great. Uh, I think the time that you and I actually met was when you came to my apartment, like for a party or something. But I didn't. 
we didn't really connect. When you lived with Dakota junior year? Yeah, yeah. With um, I think that sounds right. And yeah. Because I met Ariella because she was my TA. Right. Freshman she was year, she was a senior. But so then we, we really met working together on Richard Third, And so I was so excited when you were brought on to Wolf 359 as Kepler mm. um, because it was it was so fun playing a more antagonistic uh, role towards you. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Richard is pretty antagonistic toward everyone in that play. Yeah, yeah. But you were always sort of on my side. You know, True. I, I kind of bossed you around in that. Right. And we you didn't really challenge me. Um, and right, so as, Kate, it, as Kate's being the second murderer, I was yeah. <laughs> killing people on your behalf or yes. uh, doing your other dirty work. Yes, or bringing, or bringing me bowls of wine. A bowl of wine, A, a bowl of wine, Gatesby. Um, so, well, speaking of that, let's start with that. Um, so this is one of the questions that I've been asking everybody. Uh-huh. And it is... For you, it, it's sort of the easiest, but I'm gonna we're gonna see if we can come up with something something different. Um, but do you, what do you think Kepler drinks besides Balvenie scotch? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he does drink. You know, water for sure. Really, really. You think you think he doesn't? I I or think you're you think a sparkling water kind of thing. Oh yeah, he's totally a sparkling water guy. Yeah, my I was projecting myself into my character. He's yeah yeah. <laughs> he, he's got like a soda stream. I just don't know how that works in space. You know, I'm not yeah I'm not in that mindset right now. I'm pretty sure he couldn't take the soda stream to space, and it's part of why he's so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and then my squeeze bottle of Balvenie is outside. Yeah yeah how yeah. <laughs> could dare you? How could dare you? Oh my god. God, yes, we we slipped in. How could dare you? Um, of that's classic, classic Urbina. So I think that Kepler. I think you're probably right. I think he he doesn't drink much else. But when do he you, like, do you think like some expensive wines? Like what? Yeah, because because yeah. of where we are right now, you know, in, inside yeah. the uh, the other plane, which is your podcast, you know. Yes, talk about exactly. I mean, I, Exactly, we're we're uh, we're 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 bringing the two worlds together. Um, I definitely think that Kepler is the kind of guy who like like knows what the best wines are, or quote unquote best, like most expensive, like Barolo. Yes, yes, he's definitely a Barolo drinker. Um, he's he's definitely a Napa Cab drinker, but mm. like only very specific ones like screaming mm. eagle i think i think he goes he goes to whatever uh wine store he goes to and he asks for screaming eagle um that's a very like expensive and and between you and me overrated um don't 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 <laughs> between don't, you don't, me and the listener you me and, and all the people listening <laughs> people don't tell don't tell screaming eagle i said that but it's just like it's just a very like famous like high end very expensive Napa cab, and I feel mm. like that's what that's what like. I think Kepler has good taste, but mm. he but he definitely like wants to go for the status stuff. Yeah, that's um, right. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. So, okay, so that was my first question. Second question is uh, just a little more, a little more fun. Do you have a favorite memory from the recording process of Wolf Three Fifty Nine? I definitely a few. Yeah. Uh, it was special when Michaela came in because she yeah. was in Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it felt really like we were all together. Because especially at the end, we had Michaela, we had Julian. Um, 
we just yeah. had a lot more people around the studio, which yeah. thinking of this in COVID times, it's just like, I can't believe we, we were all kind of crammed into that space together. I know. I'm I'm literally fantasizing about a time again <laughs> when we can all be in a studio together right. or on right. stage together or something. So the the ending was special. And um, yeah. the first time we recorded, it was, I think it was Noah, Michelle, me, and mm-hmm. I think Cece. I don't know if you were there. We were at mm-hmm. Space Band, though. We were in- I, think, I think I was there, yeah. At, I yeah, think you were there. I, and yeah. was that Williamsburg or Bushwick or Greenpoint? It was like, Williamsburg, yeah. It was or, Williamsburg. So it was like one one of those kind of more difficult to get to places. Because yeah. Jared's studio was originally in Dumbo before he moved. Was that right? Yes, yes. So, it, and it was in the same building as the Builders Association office was. And oh, that's I, so, so I funny. so I went I went to that uh, for listeners. That's the theater company that I worked for 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 years. And and in this building in Dumbo, it was just like I went there so many times over the course of three or four years and i got lost every single time like i could not find jared's studio i could not that's, that's hysterical yeah, yeah it was yeah. not it was one of those buildings where everything looks a little too similar yeah um yeah. yes but the first time we recorded we were in a studio i i, I maybe recorded there one other time yeah. or not at all and yeah. so my intro was that Yes. And everybody was a little unmoored because that was like the alternate space y'all record. Maybe you'd been there a few times, but not. I'd been there. I'd been there. So Zach and I recorded a bunch of the first season there, but um, but we hadn't gone there much, I think. That might have been the first time we went back there since the first season recording. I'm not 100% sure. But yes, it's a it's a different space. So that that was really – I mean, I knew, I knew everyone um, beforehand. Right. Uh, to different – different depths. I knew Noah right. pretty well from working with him on a project my senior year, his sophomore year, just to date right. and age everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Noah's, Noah's the youngest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I knew and liked everyone, um, Yeah, but kind of getting a feel for all of that on the first day. But but I appreciate that Gabrielle and the team and Sarah and Zach, uh, they were pretty thorough about having us work together in advance like we did different kind of chemistry building kind of things which are not the kind of things you normally do when you're working on something professionally like in terms of you show up and you make it happen as opposed to what we had was we already had an existing language we had even taken some similar classes or had different pieces of art we could reference that we had in common and we'd done like little improvisations and talked Mm -hmm. about character a lot so so just from day one it was that element was really special the community feel of the whole thing was special Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's something that that's worth mentioning. And I think that shows through is that it really was a collaborative process, much more so than other audio drama voiceover projects I've worked on have been. Not Mm. to say not to say that there isn't some degree of that, but um, but Gabrielle was always very open to uh, us sharing ideas, you know, story ideas, building character, sharing our character ideas. I remember before every season having a meeting with Gabrielle and talking through Minkowski and he'd have like 17 index cards and (laughs) and (laughs) it was uh it was it was a really unique experience and I think that I think that showed through I hope that showed through yeah and I I think the thing about Gabrielle is like he's kind of the master synthesizer of all these different like he would ask for feedback and incorporate some of it but whatever he incorporated really went with whatever else was existing like what of he was course. keeping his, what, what he and Sarah both especially were keeping in their brains was massive um 
Yes. Yes. No, I, and I think that's, I think that's really, and you know, that that's harder than it sounds to like, if you have a vision to then incorporate these other pieces that you didn't necessarily expect to, um, I, like, I know there were some episodes, especially in season three and season four that like very much came about because of conversations we had or ideas Mm. that somebody had. And so that's really cool. And yet it all felt of a piece. Um, yeah, yeah. Gabrielle, the master synthesizer for me was kind of, I, I, I realized the depth of what he was doing when Noah and I quote unquote wrote our episode. Yes. And, um, and Gabrielle like, like made it sound like an episode of Wolf 359. Like yeah. we had a, we had a really good idea and we put a lot of the words into the script that we ended up saying. Right. But what he did was turn like something that was vaguely resembling an episode of the podcast we yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into something that was actually an episode of the podcast. <laughs> I, um... I mean, the leap from there one spot to the other was I could have been staring at a computer for I... day, days on end, and, and he did that in an after... He was like, oh, this thing is just kind of like Shakespeare, like at his typewriter laughing yeah, at himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not to say Gabrielle's arrogant or smug, I'm not saying that. Just like, no, it, no, it, it not seemed, at all. It seemed easy for... It probably wasn't even... You know he's he's very transparent about like am writing like doing yeah like, like he's he he labors and and like all writers labor but absolutely my point is that you know what I'm saying I definitely know what you say what you're saying but both Gabrielle and Sarah are so skilled at what they do that yeah. they can they can take because I relate to this because I quote unquote wrote a couple of episodes <laughs> of Will 359 and um what I came up with and what ended up being the thing yes there was some overlap but they were totally different beasts and right. I was just like oh thank god I have these people who know what they're doing <laughs> right right right, right, right. Um, Yes, so the just just shout out to their to their immaculate skill, um, yeah. which is not to say it doesn't take labor, but it's uh, but it's definitely a skill. Okay, last question for you, Zach. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite episode, like like to listen to, or it can be, or it could be a couple, and or you can say no. The all all are are fair answers. Well, I think I'm I I think I'm on the record. Yeah. Uh, with Memoria. Yes. Like, when we got that yes. grouping of scripts, it was, like, All Things Considered was in there, Memoria. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, four or five. And uh, and and the one where Jacob I forget what the name of it is. The one with Jacoby and and uh, out, outside alien Jacoby. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I No one the was just talking. Man. No, The Empty Man was no, 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 was, no, no. was yeah. season one. Um, But, but Noah was just talking about this. I'm probably going to edit this in after my conversation with Noah and Michelle and Sarah. So, Mm -hmm. so listeners, you know what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not on my, uh, on my recalling names game right now. No, this is no, 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 not at all. No, one thing we've all been saying is another thing that, uh, Gabrielle and Sarah are gifted with is remembering episode (laughs) titles. And the rest of us are like, I remember Memoria, uh, Pan Pan, uh, you know, like, (laughs) so that was in the grouping of, I remember that table read. Yeah. Because the opening group of, um, episodes I worked on was the beginning of season three. So the one before, the one we came on was the Mayday episode with yeah, Zach Solo yeah. doing the time jumps. I mean, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and then that we was came an on and we're like, okay, reset in all these different ways. Right, um, right. 
But then by the time we got to Memoria, like the the kind of look into mental health, I think was was really yes. special. The characterization, the humanity, the hum- I mean, I, I, the humanity in the AI is just yeah special. And uh, all things considered, like all things considered, was a great deal of fun. <laughs> I, I don't even say that much in that episode. But yeah, having y'all just like have your little freakouts around me was <laughs> such a blast. Um, and then Overture, like that whole yeah. that whole kind of run to the end of um, yeah. I think that's – I don't know if Overture is the end of season three and Memoria is being – I think that's all the end of season three. I think, I think, like the, I think so, yes. I, oh, gosh. I really just haven't – Yeah, um, yeah. It's got to be It's got to be the end of season three because Michelle was still there. Um, right, 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 right. Spoilers. Um. <laughs> Anybody who's like amped up about this episode of Clearing, though. Yeah, yeah. Is, I know. Uh, <laughs> is, is like for sure not – on that wavelength. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> maybe, maybe no, maybe there's some people listening who haven't listened to Wolf 359 before. Oh, so while we're while we're wrapping up, yes. I'll, should I do um my plug for Wooden Overcoats? Yes, please do. Yes. Okay. Wooden Overcoats. Some of the best storytelling, writing, acting you'll ever hear and our friends yes. Gabrielle and Sarah are each wrote an episode for their fourth and final season. Yes, um, I'm so excited. And you know what? Our uh, somebody we're friendly with, uh, uh-huh. Beth Beth Air is on is is one of the stars of this. I mean, I, I feel like such a fan, like a, such a fan. Oh, I'm such all, a fan. I'm like such I follow a... them all on social media, where they do other hilarious things, like with Felix Trench and his boat updates. And oh my god, and and Tom Crowley's uh, like like impressions too. I don't know if you saw for a yeah, while I on Twitter. Oh my god, it was that was, I, that so, was like that was like, like my favorite thing. On, it was yeah, like my favorite crazy. thing on Twitter for the the duration <laughs> that he did it. I would um, just kind of go go back and be like, I've seen this, I've seen this. It's still hysterical. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's so good. It's so um, good. But that yeah, that po- if you don't know what that podcast is it's a kind of a tiny village in the on an island a tiny island in the middle of the english channel and it's like rival funeral shops yeah (laughs) um so it's called wooden overcoats you can make leaps about what that means yeah and uh yeah i'm I'm just recommending this because i really like it i have no personal association with yeah yeah neither in some ways, I'm a backer. Like, I've backed their Kickstarter in yeah, small ways. Yeah, past, exactly. But, but exactly. I wouldn't call myself an investor. I just no, yeah. love that show so much. Emotional. I, I've emotionally invested in wooden overcoats. And also, just, just to say, there is a connection. There is another connection because Beth Eyre was in, oh, my God, I'm f- yeah, going to forget the, the name the of special. it. But the, the Loveless special. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, there's definitely a lot of love and crossover between Wolf and... Her name was Dr. Fourier. That's right, Dr. Foyer. And my friend Ariel Estrada was Dr. Wee. Yes, and Peter Coleman was oh, I don't remember his I don't I don't remember his character's name. Hi there, future Emma here just to remind past Emma that Peter Coleman's character in Change of Mind was Fisher. Peter's amazing and I felt so lucky to work with him on Zero Hours so I wanted to make sure to get this in here. And uh definitely check out Zero Hours if you haven't already. But he 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 was the uh the the shadow to my light in Zero Hours. So right, 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 um right. so so His great... voice sounds a lot like Zach Valenti's voice. It does. It does. The first time I heard Time Bombs, I thought that it was Zach. And I was like, what is Zach doing with his voice? Cool. Um <laughs> and, and, it turns out he was just a different person. <laughs> the first time my mom listened to um, Wolf 359, she thought I was Hilbert because I'd played Tevia in high school. 
and done a Russian accent for that. So she was like, oh, I assumed you're the, the <laughs> Russian guy. It's like, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> yeah. like, just another person confusing a couple's ex. Oh, what are you going to do about it? Um, so now we've we've plugged wooden overcoats, which you and I are not technically involved in, but mm-hmm. um, there is there are maybe a couple other shows that you are in. Zach, is there anything mm-hmm. that you would like to plug that where we can hear your voice? Yes. So I'm I've recorded a bunch. I'm doing re-recording for um, Descendants yes. uh, by Jordan Cobb. So it's the yes. uh, sequ- sequel, spinoff of Giannis Descending, yes. which she, she wrote and starred in. And we did a, um, at Once Upon a Podcast in the Before Times, we did a, uh, like a kind of mini episode with some mm-hmm. other podcasts that were doing mini episodes yeah. live at Dixon Place. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan's a special writer she's wonderful and she's a special writer actor person um she can kind of she kind of can and she does do it all yes um yes this season has been really fun to work on i'm in it julia shafini um jordan a lot a lot of a lot of audio audio superstars are in there so uh, emma shirjarko may make a couple appearances, emma shirjarko may or may but, make, yeah. <laughs> make an appearance as well yeah yeah um <laughs> the 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 piece that we recorded is traumatic to say yes least. yes it is yes it is um i got to i got to record a couple i was, I was i'm a couple different characters which i love i love doing um in in these shows um and i'm also fortunate that I am hopefully working with Jordan on another project coming up, which I can't announce yet. But, ooh. Ooh, but Jordan is amazing. Um, yeah. Generally, generally, we 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 are just fans of her. Um, I do want to let you get back to studying for finals. So um, I will just say, Zach Labresco, I'm so thankful to have you as a friend and to have worked with you on many things, but particularly wolf 359 so thank you for making the time to stop by right back at you my lord here's Uh, your bowl of wine oh thank you thank you Uh, i need it i need it last but not least here is the conversation between me cecilia lynn jacobs who played captain loveless michaela swee who played hera and price alan rohde who made all the music for the show and the man himself Gabriel Urbina, who created the whole damn thing. Cece is an incredible artist of various modes whom you can hear in Time Bombs, Zero Hours, and Unseen. Michaela claims she has nothing to promote, but I know that you can hear her in some cameos that often also involve me in shows like The AM Archives and Arden. Alan continues to teach and make amazing music, including for Zero Hours and Unseen. Gabriel, well... Who knows what that guy's up to? Just kidding. He is up to so many amazing things, including, as we just talked about, writing an episode for the upcoming season of Wooden Overcoats. It also should go without saying, but none of this would exist without Gabriel, and he is such a giving and generous artist and collaborator, and I am endlessly grateful to him for including me and all of us in this amazing story. Thank you, Gabriel. The last thing I'm going to plug for myself is a new audio drama that you can hear me in called Wolf Whistle. In New York City in 1934, two idealistic radio hosts battle shadowy forces for the soul of America. I play Eliza Astor, 
one of those radio hosts. And this is one of my favorite roles that I've gotten to play since Wolf 359. There are four episodes out now and six more coming out after the new year, so it would mean so much to me if you would take a listen. Without further ado, here is the last segment of our Wolf 359 reunion. Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome to Pairing. Um, Welcome back, Gabrielle. I think you're the only one who's been on Pairing before of this crowd. Um, So No. This illustrious crowd has not been on Pairing? I think not. I think... Oh, my God. So, um, so welcome, Cecilia Lim Jacobs, Michaela Swee, and Alan Rohde. Welcome to Pairing. Hi. Yay. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. you. So glad to Yay. be here. Yay. Um, okay, so I'm going to start by talking to, uh, so I'm just going to ask you some some fun little like reminisce kind of questions about Wolf 359, and then I have a couple little fun wine thoughts, and hopefully fun, maybe stupid, I don't know. But I, And then come the hard-hitting and questions. And then come the hard-hitting. Like the real, yeah, and then comes put the you on the real, spot questions. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great, great, great. Exactly. Um, and so I'm going to start with Gabrielle, and Gabrielle, I really only have one question for you. Why? <laughs> no, that's something we can talk about at a different point. Um, but oh, no, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> my one question for you is: How did you know that Chateau Petrus was going to be the one that actually went to space? <laughs> <laughs> I'm psychic, Emma. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you all knew this by yeah. now. Um, it's starting to you know, feel like, that way. No, so we talk a lot about. Wolf 359 kind of having, like, its own weird little gravitational pull Mm -hmm. as a show. Mm -hmm. Um, The narrative kind of ended up being something, I think, very different than what we thought it would be when we started the show. The characters kind of evolved on their own. Right. Um, And lately, it does seem like it's almost like it's exerting its own pressure on real life. Um, Because we saw that. That was kind of freaky. Uh, About two weeks ago, some, like, astronomers predicted that the best place for humans to make contact with alien life would be this little known star about three stars away from the sun called Wolf 359. Um, And about a million people sent that to us on Twitter. And we all had like a very, very scary, very weird day. Um, Wolf 359 is has prophesied many things happening. And for those of you who are not sure, so Chateau Petrus is a house in Bordeaux that's very, very famous. And um, and, and it's a wine that is in an episode of Wolf 359. And then like a year... Very memorably, yes. Yes, very memorably. And a year or two ago, um, they took a case of Chateau Petrus to space and to try to figure out what like going to space would do to wine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, what did it do? I was kind of like, oh no, what am I? What am <laughs> yeah. I sorry. I should, I should have prefaced that. Um, but so, wow, cool. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. No. And I just remember, I think that that was in the third season, that episode where we had that bottle of Chateau Petrus. And the thing that I remember was third kind of fourth, just in the yeah. rehearsal, there being some slight, Not necessarily disagreement, but just, like, some us being unsure about which was the right way to say it. And there were about, like, three possibilities. And then I just remember kind of everyone as one, like, heads turning towards you, Emma. And just kind of being like, Raph, how do we say this thing? And you were like, Petrus. And we were like, all right, there we go. The expert has spoken. That's how we shall say it on the show. There we go. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, so that is that is not actually my only question for you, but like you know, we only have so much time, and so sure so what I've been so what I've been going through and asking people, and this might be a a hard question to answer, but I've been going through and asking people like, what are some of your favorite or let's go with one or two favorite memories from recording. And this is for all of you as well. So just so you so you can start thinking about it. Um, one or two favorite memories from recording. Um, and Alan, this might be slightly different for you, but I've got questions for you, Alan. Uh, and then and then like what's one of your favorite episodes to listen to as an audience member? And that might be hard to answer. And I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, Gabrielle. But no, I think that I might be able to do this. Okay. I mean, far and away, my favorite memory of recording was the final episode because yeah. that was the one where we were all together, which was a rarity on Wolf 359, mm-hmm. especially kind of those last two years. There was yep. a little bit of fragmentation and a little bit of kind of we were mostly recording Michaela on her own and we were kind of sometimes yeah. doing like splitting the cast in half for like B plots and A plots so that we could kind of like record some people at one time and other people at another time. Um and those, like, two days that we spent recording Brave New World, those yeah. were, like, the days that we had, like, absolutely everyone in the studio. Um, and it was just the best. It was just, like, so good to kind of actually be able to have everyone bouncing off each other and getting to work with everyone. So, no, those were far and away my favorite times making the show. Yeah, it really was. And and that's that leads me... A good segue to Michaela, because, Michaela, you were not there for most of our recording sessions. Sometimes, eventually, we got you in so that you were, like, calling in so we could hear you, at least. But for the first, at least the first season, and a good portion of the second season, I was often reading here as lines. I've 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 told Gabrielle I've told Gabrielle there 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 would be a rough cut somewhere of at least the first season of me performing all the parts because I used to yep. read read Hilbert and read Eiffel for Zach when he was doing the other characters before he started just doing it himself. Um so so anyway so Michaela how was it after working on this sort of remotely for a while to finally come into the studio and I think the first episode you came in for was Memoria. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was Memoria. Um which is one of my favorite one of my favorite episodes. Um I mean, I think it's most people one of most people's one of most people. <laughs> Yeah, it it's an incredible episode and I was saying to Michelle, the two of you, it was just so fun to be in the studio there with you while you were recording that. Or we were all recording that, yeah. but you were you were the driving forces of that of that episode. Yeah, no, that I mean that episode was rich and it was deep. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah, that was really special. And and I have to I have to agree with with Gabrielle. I think particularly because I was remote for most of our series yeah. Yeah. um and almost all of the recording, I think, you know, coming together for Brave New World and for the finale and being in the studio together you know, we spent a lot of hours doing that. And I can't even believe the the organization and um, that went into making that happen was incredible. Yeah. And it was it was actually like, for me, at least it felt seamless. Yeah, like I w- my mind was blown at how we pulled that off. Um, but being live and see- hearing everyone's voices, seeing everyone together in one space, doing that was really powerful. I remember feeling really emotional. Yeah. During that, me I too. really felt 
really, yeah, I felt yeah. really emotional. And I, I don't know, I just think all the creativity and, and hard work and time and um, spirit that went into it, it the whole, the, just the whole process, the whole series from everyone, I think coming together as a whole team and, and seeing that happen at once was just unbelievably powerful for me. Um, I think also, I will yeah. say the live show too. Um, Absolutely. For me, it was like, it was my, a mind blowing kind of experience. One that I, I won't forget. And actually yeah. getting to see our fans. Yes. So many of our fans live off. It, it, that was just, that was so cool. That was so mind blowing. Yeah. No. And I was talking with some other folks about the live show as well. And, um, and I think we agreed that like, that's definitely a highlight of the experience. And part of that was that we also had to have Alan there, which I mean, talk about yeah. the most elusive figure. Elusive. In, yeah. <laughs> in... No, the live show. The live show. I remember was the first time that we had everyone that worked on Wolf Three Fifty Nine all together. Up until that point, there was always at least one person. Yes. that was kind of off to the sides. That was the first time that everyone that worked on the show was together in the same room. And even yeah, um, and even people who hadn't been on the show yet but were going to be on the show. So like Zach, Michaela, and Noah, they weren't in the show, but they were there. Um, so that was so that was so cool. No, I was just gonna I was just gonna say that was amazing. It was like one of the first times for me that Wolf Three Fifty Nine just felt so real yeah. and so human. Having everyone there together, I mean, it was actually kind of a surreal experience. Definitely, you know, experience it, but so, but so powerful. And and Emma, I would just say, like, I know your original question was just what it was like for me to be recording remotely yeah. for most of it. Yeah. And I think, I think it was amazing because, um, you know, as as some people know, when Wolf Three Fifty Nine was just starting, mm-hmm. I was kind of moving away from some of the acting and performing I'd yeah. been doing and getting started on a on a different career path and and starting preparing for graduate school and and all of that and I remember feeling like you know what this is actually really cool I want to do this because I think I can balance it I think I you know I, I'm not yeah. going to be in person but I think I can make this work with the direction that my life is moving yeah. in yeah um and so I will say that I think recording remotely and doing a lot remotely was in some ways at, at moments isolating because I missed the group and right. I missed being in person. Like the table reads were one of my highlights because I did get some group action there. But otherwise it was Gabrielle and Zach reading yeah. the other yeah. lines. <laughs> I love a good table read. Love a good, the, ta- the table I, reads I were- love I love a table read. The Absolutely, were awesome. they but, were. But I, but I will say that it was a, it was a really interesting combination of like at times, sort of like, oh God, I'm really missing the group, and also yeah. like it is so cool that I get to do this where I am in my life right now, and the moments between the live show and Memoria and the final, the finale, like getting to come together as a group in person was just like so cool, such a gift. At last, uh, yeah. At last. Um, because also when we first started the show. I, you know, like Gabrielle and I knew each other in in college a little bit, but we'd never like worked together. I didn't know Zach at all, but I did know you. And we we had done a couple of things, like small things together, like theater wise, I think at Wesleyan. So I was like, oh, cool. Michaela's part yeah. of this. So it yeah. felt like I knew yeah. I knew kind of what was going on. And then Cece joined, and I was like, oh, I know Cece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I did that come out wrong? Um, no, that was beautiful. No. <laughs> I can't. Well, I mean, 
we knew each other from working on Three Penny, and just yep. because we were in a oh. teeny, teeny, tiny theater department at Wesleyan. Yes, yes. That's uh, Three Penny Opera. Yes, wow. where Cece, yes. uh, Cece, you played. Oh. You you played Jenny? No, Paul. no, no, not Polly. The other one, Lucy, the one who gets cut. Lucy, that's right. You played Lucy, and I was the assistant stage manager. And um and one of my jobs was writing out Cece's blocking for her. Yes. And uh and, <laughs> and I'm so it sorry. Her. No, it's fine. It in red in <laughs> in retrospect, it was like a beautiful a beautiful thing. We hadn't really acted together. Like we like knew each other peripherally, but um but we hadn't really acted together so i was so excited when you came on and also like loveless is such a great character and so my my main question for you cc is and this is also spoilers um i i imagine most people listening to this have listened to wolf 359 but um spoilers but- everyone dies <laughs> everyone dies everyone dies <laughs> But what was it like approaching a character who what had was technically not themselves, you know, but didn't know that? I was thinking I like I was just thinking about that the other day and like what it would be like to get into the mindset of that character. And I just think you did it so well. Um and I don't know if you have any any little insights into the process. Uh yeah, wow, that's such an interesting question. I think it's okay um... if you don't want to answer it too. I can. Well, I might uh, no, no, the, no, no, or the I answer totally can do. I just, yeah. I'm just trying to remember the pr- that actual production history because I don't think that we actually talked about that particular plot mm. point when yeah. Gabrielle first, when Gabrielle and I were first talking about the character, and that was like not I, something. Yeah, and that I, Gabrielle, I don't know if you knew that that was going to happen to Loveless when you brought Loveless into the narrative. So. I mean, so yeah, so it's one of those things where, like, when we first started talking about it, she was the voice on the record, and yeah. that was it. Right. Yeah. We spent, yeah. And for a long time, it was kind of this, like, she was this ghost from the past, and we worked with her right. on that level. And then I kind of very gingerly went, Cece, how would you feel about coming on to the main cast? And you yeah. kind of went, how? And I went, yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could talk about it. Yeah. Oh, I um, forgot about that. Yeah. And by and by the time you came on, we knew. By the time that you came on, yeah. we knew where we were headed at the end of season three. Yeah. But we did kind of live with her for a long time before we had to confront that. Yeah. Right. And I think right. and I, I think that that's mm-hmm. like a very real part of of character development in general, just that so many things happen to the life you're taking on and they happen and and the time scales that they happen on like don't match up with real time and like you the the you are your body or your your the character that you're taking on like your body is required to to hold many years of experience in not that long of a time um and to mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. get and form so many years of experience or like so right, many very right. specific moments mm-hmm. like and and also that that in order for something to to make sense as an experience later on there are specific moment 
there sometimes it it is it's useful to have things that have happened to you that are not scripted that you go and you take and you visit and you 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 know like yeah. build out for yourself just so that you have some imaginary imaginative scaffolding to kind of keep you keep you tethered to what the point the, what the point of that person is um and so so in that it like doesn't really matter that much um mm, yeah because you're no I love that because you're always that. like because you're always switching around and like hopping hopping through somebody else's experience in the first place and and mm-hmm. there's like a core of I think it it also helps it like I I I mean like I don't I don't think that this is terribly exceptional but I do think that it's important to like speak from my experience and not from like a generalized mm-hmm. other people's experience because I you know this yeah so bubbles clashing together nobody knows um but <laughs> but I do think that like I think that it's helpful that I tend to think about people and personhood as like that there is a sliver or a core that remains consistent the entire time. And that, and that like that core can get reshaped and reformed and take different textures and take on different things. But that there's, there's like, like the, the way that I think about people in general has like kind of an essentialism to it that, that like helps um and is yeah. like really useful and definitely for, helps with loveless doing doing narrative characters period you know um because it helps yeah. the audience like track the character <laughs> um but but yeah and i i you Absolutely. know like i don't i don't know if that's like a thing that is essentially true but it is something that is very useful no, I think that's a that's a brilliant insight into how you how you build a character. And one of the things I was talking about with um, some other folks is like the gift we got of playing these characters for so long. Yes, and oh, you know yes. at us and and at a certain point, whatever point that might be, like we as actors inform the characters because that's just how <laughs> that's just how it is. You know, with a with a yeah, and I can work. tell you, yeah. I can tell you, like that that day was like approximately five minutes into day one. Yeah, no, like, that was that was not like <laughs> okay, a, oh okay. years down the yeah. line I started to like you know be influenced by them. It was pretty immediate. Yeah. Um. Okay, I just wanted to. Quick question, Gabrielle. Yes. If you had to pair one alcoholic drink with Wolf 359, what would it be? <laughs> Emma, you gotta ask. Whoa! Sarah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Balvenie Scotch, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Balvenie 30. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, like, I like the smell of it. I like the taste of it. I like the feel of it in my hand. Come on. In your hand. Yes, yes of course. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course. Um, I perfect, perfect answer. Answer, and let's raise an imaginary glass of Balvany Thirty to Zach Labresco, who uh, can't be here. But um, hopefully, hopefully, I'll grab him later. But Gabrielle, thank you so much. You know, obviously, there's many more things I could talk to you about, but and we'll talk about uh, them later. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, <laughs> it'll we'll talk about them. So, yeah, it'll be fine. But thank you, thank you so much for being here. Talk to you later, guys. You're the best. Bye. Okay, so Alan, Alan, I have one big question for you, which is, <laughs> how do you come up with the track titles? Because <laughs> oh, they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. It's a great. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, 
I guess honestly, it was a process that could not be rushed. There would be yeah. days I would just leave tracks. I, I my num- I literally just numbered the tracks. Yeah. That way, I wouldn't get. I, I I very intentionally did not name them until I knew we were actually keeping them. Right. Because I did not right. want to get attached to them, and I, there are so many yeah. tracks. Like for every track I make, there's like three that I don't and that are just are thrown away. Right. And have, are sitting somewhere in a hard drive that I could look back and don't particularly feel the need to. <laughs> um, so sometimes you just you just wait and you think, okay, let's find find a find some sort of emotion that we can attach to it and then give it a story and there we go um i do i do have to say like one of your track titles did inform my portrayal of ninkovsky which was i'm gonna the ice cream one yes i'm i i I, can you i i'm i'm gonna paraphrase it because i probably don't remember the exact wording but it's it's something like minkowski enjoy or minkowski eats uh a vat of ice cream while watch while enjoying uh, Fifty Shades of Grey unironically. No. <laughs> that yep. was that yep. was it. Yep. And yes. uh, and I was like, oh my god, he's so right. That is totally a thing she would do. And that was like a, actually an important moment for me in in realizing Minkowski's character. Which, by the way, I haven't talked about this in the other uh, the other groups, but I just want you to know you you three to know that. Um, I think Minkowski has terrible taste in wine. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I agree. I, I love <laughs> her. I love her so much. But she does not drink good wine. <laughs> like, she's, like, really bad oaky Chardonnay from California. Like, like really sweet yes, rosé. Yes. yes. Like, like that is her that is her jam. Nice and bless Greek rosé. Ooh, yes. Yes. Greek rosé. I love it. Um, so Michaela, um, I wanted to ask you, speaking of that, uh, do you have any, cause you played two parts also, and that's something we could talk about, but, um, do you have any sense of what, if Hira could drink, which I think she, I think she'll, she's going to figure out how, <laughs> if anybody could, Hira could, um, do you, what, what kind of beverage do you think she would drink? Ooh. Oh, that's such a good question. And I, I want to know your thoughts on that. Just, just, I, I have, I have an okay. idea. I have an idea. Okay. I think that Hira has very sophisticated taste. So All I think right. that she, well, I think she might work up to it, but I think that like she, she, she takes a wine tasting course, fig- figures out how. Yes. You know. Okay. So I think, I think in the summertime, I mm-hmm. think in the summertime, Hira I think in the summertime, Hira drinks an off-dry Riesling. Yes, and I yes. think in I think in the in the winter, I think she she drinks like a really kind of full-bodied some fruitiness on the finish, uh-huh. like Zinfandel uh-huh. or like Cabernet. Totally. Yeah, I'm just like a rich, totally. full wine. Yes. with a bite with a, a mouthful. Yeah, that's what I think. Yes. I I totally agree with that. Just so you know, the one that I thought of her thought of for her is Nebbiolo, which is one considered Ooh. one of the most complex grapes wines out there. Because I think, I think I'll go buy me a bottle. <laughs> I think you should. You deserve it. Thank you. I love that Absolutely. Nebbiolo. Yes, Nebbiolo. If you if you can find a Lange Nebbiolo, L A N G E G H E. 
Um, Those are really, really good wines that are less expensive than like the Barolos and Barbarescos that are also made from Nebbiolo. Amazing. Um, Because I think Hira also likes a good deal. Yes, she does. And so does Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, informing our characters, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And Alan. Okay. So, so this, you know, this is slightly harder to do because you're not technically a character. But one of the things I wanted to say is I think one of the things that really sets Wolf 359 apart, or, and especially did at the time that we were coming out, was your music. Um, I think that it just really upped the, the drama, the production value, the emotion behind the audio format. Um, so I just wanted to say that, that, you know, generally speaking, you're amazing and <laughs> we all love you. Um, and, and, and we, and we haven't gotten to spend as much time with you or get to work with you directly. So, um, if you had to pick a beverage to pair with the music of Wolf 359, like if you're just listening, listening to the tracks, what do you think people should drink? Ooh, that's a great question. I know it's hard. It's hard. I feel like it would be something that has like layers to it, almost like visual layers. You know, some of those drinks where you like layer alcohols and you have uh, like different colors. Some good things are weighted differently. I don't know how. how, I don't know how that works. Oh my god! I don't know. I don't either. (laughs) But I know what you're talking about, and I love that. I love that Hmm. so much. Um, I think that I think that works perfectly. And yeah, like. And I and I think I mean this is sort of a cheating answer, but I I think in terms of wine, like there's there's different wines for different moods and different episodes and different tracks um, of of the show, and um, and so since you were talking about this a little bit, I just wanted to know because again, haven't worked with you as much. So what exactly? So the process was you came up with a bunch of tracks and sent them to Gabrielle, and Gabrielle listened and said, I think this would work here. Is that is that basically how it went or i would actually say it, it that was part of it. it it evolved i think i think over the course of the show too yeah there, there yeah. was a lot of just throwing tracks at it and there were times where there were moments like i think memoria we talked about there, there were moments right. where we said this is a script this is what we need at certain times so i think it depended right on the episode yeah sure sure cool well uh I, i'm just i'm just in awe of everything of everything you did um, so and continue to do on other shows. It's just that it's just that Wolf Wolf is you know sadly not not making episodes for now. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tease that. I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then Cece, what do you think Loveless drinks? I think Loveless drinks very rarely. Oh. You're probably right. You're probably right. I, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. I think that Loveless drinks like specifically to further social cohesion when it forwards the thing that she cares about. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes uh-huh. sense. That definitely makes sense. I I I believe that for her 100%. 100%. I mean, I think I think the I think the last time that Loveless was like drinking is a part of my life was probably maybe in like high school. And yeah. so I think there was like a weird wine cooler moment. Nice. That happened. It's funny. 
It's funny because I think Minkowski is the opposite. I think Minkowski <laughs> did not have a sip of alcohol until she turned 21. Yes. Yeah. And, no, I think um, I, I think Isabel Loveless like absolutely shotgun to Smirnoff ice in a can like at some yeah, point. Yeah. Like do yeah. they even make I don't I I obviously have never do they come I, I don't in know cans? if they make Smirnoff ice yeah. in a can. <laughs> like, they don't, <laughs> like this is not my my area. Um yeah, uh Yeah. But yes, um yeah, no, I yeah. I totally buy that. Like I think I think I think Loveless maybe has like, you know, like opens an IPA at the end of a long day, like once every three yeah. years and drinks about a third of it and goes, I'm done now. And like that's the yeah. end. <laughs> I also No, I I buy that a hundred percent, but I also think that like she could be the kind of that when she does drink, she's got like really expensive taste. Yes. Like no, I was gonna say for some reason Sancerre feels right for Loveless. Ooh, like I feel like interesting she choice. likes like a nice crisp, crisp white. Um and and but just like really savors it. You Ooh. know? She's cause she's not she's not drinking to get drunk. She's drinking no. to enjoy it. Yeah. That's pretty fantastic. I also think that there's yeah. like a lot of space. Like, that's just, like, my my weird gut take. But I also think that, like, there is a lot, like, Loveless reminds me of wine all the time, mm. you know? Mm. Like, there are various yeah. sorts of of things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a Loveless wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And I, I was really, I was, yeah, I, I was, like, thinking about that and I was interested in, in what your take on that might be. Um, that love that loveless reminds you of wine that like yeah yeah well that like I if mean, loveless was a wine yeah if loveless was a wine I think she would be ooh it's a good question I think she would be like a I don't know why this popped into my mind and I might I might change my mind but like a Blaufränkisch which is an Austrian Ooh. grape. It's a it's an Austrian grape. It's one of my favorites but it and it's usually like got complexity to it like rich dark fruit some spice to it but it can vary like some of them are very fruity some of them are much more savory or earthy and i feel like loveless has as you said like all these different layers to her and like she can be very serious and strict but she can also be a lot of fun um and so i think some kind of or maybe maybe like a like a Cote Rhone or something, like a wine from the Rhone Valley or something. Oh, I love that. Those can that. be really versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, a yeah, grape like, range. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Okay. I uh, I know we, we probably want to wrap this up because we've been going for a while, but um, I just wanted – Michaela, you touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted to check in with Alan and Cece. Did you have any favorite memories from the recording process or, Alan, it could be from the recording process or from your own, you know, creative process? And then – oh, and then uh, a favorite episode. Uh, I've, I guess. I mean, I, I've – the final episode was the, t- the first time I'd actually been in a recording booth, like for That's Monday, right. So I'd, I feel like That's that was right. just like a shock and awe moment for me to realize, like, oh, this, this is the stuff you do. 
just walking in, seeing yeah, everyone. Is, so, yeah. so comfortable with this. I'm like, oh, I, I have a line. To, I had one line in it. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. You had a line. Yes. Ah. And it was like, uh, amazing. I was like overthinking it for like hours and I was anxious about it before, after, and during. Like, oh God, I'm going to mess it up. And, oh God, Gabrielle gave me a, a yeah. line note. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. Yeah. I'm ruining everything. This is terrible. The show's ruined. Um, haven't acted since oh, high school. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but that, that was. That, it was yeah. impeccably delivered. Impeccably. I'll, I'll take yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. No notes. No notes. <laughs> But yeah, definitely that experience of seeing it all come together and being like, oh, this is this is what's going on while well, I've been doing things remotely mostly. So it's yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. in terms of favorite mm-hmm. episode, I, I think I mentioned Memoria earlier. I think that was one of yeah. those cases where Gabrielle and I really, really worked closely on the script and just kind of figuring out the moments that musically would happen, like where the beats of the music yeah. were and where it lined up with the text. And like that was very intricately done with a lot Absolutely. of thought, I thought. And I, I, I was definitely a fan of working on it and the way it turned out. I mean, it's a it's a masterpiece of an episode from yeah. from writing to performance to acting to uh to the to the score. So I think I think it's a, a general consensus that that is one of the most special episodes. Absolutely. Cece, do you have any favorite memories or episodes? I mean, I there's so much that I loved about being a part of this whole process. Like I love I know, I can't pick I can't pick one. It's so hard. And it also it's like yeah. hard it's hard to be like, oh, I loved this moment be or like even like, oh, like I loved the process of it because it was it was like an integral part of my life for like several yeah. years. Um, right. Yeah. And like, and absolutely. And that. And so like, I was thinking about that and, and like listening to other people talk about their favorite moments has been really fascinating, too, because I, like just like being with my own self as that's happening and being like, oh, yeah, the live show. That was an experience I had. Yeah. And not just yeah. like, and not like my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It just, mm-hmm. like it, it was it's been really interesting to like separate it out and be like. This aren't Wolf three fifty nine during during my early twenties was not is like a, now an experience I had and not just like a kind of functional condition of my existence, which is like really how it felt. Um, Absolutely, but like my absolute like truly my favorite favorite parts are when at the beginning of the seasons. I think uh-huh. in the earlier seasons, especially when there were not quite as many people. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. When Gabrielle would like schedule giant meetings and we would go meet at the, at Zach's like bougie tech startup that he was yeah. working at. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and like good, meet good in the, yeah. meet in the fancy meeting rooms with the snacks yeah. and, um, in this like, Cheez-Its. I haven't mentioned Cheez-Its the entire yes, time. Yes, but white cheddar specifically <laughs> Cheez-Its and... Um, and gather around and, and Gabrielle would like, he'd be like, sidle up kids and then like outline the plot points of the entire season and then just kind yeah. of open the floor and be like, who have we done dirty in this season? And like, that was incredible. It was, it was, it was a very much more collaborative process i mean i mean you know gabrielle and sarah were deaf and and zach were definitely more the like you know spearheading the storytelling the writing but we all did have input 
and yeah. and you know they 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 offered us you know the opportunity to write which i foolishly took them up on but no 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 it was it was amazing it was amazing to write episodes and to to have them very expertly edited <laughs> um was was very valuable um but so yeah it that was that was an amazing thing it really was a collaborative process i'm i'm i i may have to talk with gabrielle about this a little more but one thing i want to make sure we say is that gabrielle doesn't take credit for the fact that he sound designed the whole thing right um and and edited the whole thing right. he just doesn't he just doesn't take credit for that and that's a fucking amazing thing yeah, <laughs> in yeah. and of itself yes yeah. so yeah, yeah. there and, and and obviously you know the music is an integral part of that um so so between between Alan and Gabrielle it just sounded amazing so hi future emma here again to clarify that zach valenti also did a bunch of the audio design and editing for wolf at the beginning of the show it was mostly gabrielle i believe but by the end zach was doing a fair amount of it and since then has been doing some amazing work for shows like unseen and zero hours i just wanted to make sure i i clarified that but they neither of them take credit for it so give them all the credit please yeah Yeah. i think so i think that really like my favorite things about the whole experience are our process notes um, because it yeah. is such a unique process in all of the different shows and all of the different micro mediums that I have mm-hmm. like been fortunate enough yeah, to be a part of. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I do work on a lot of different kinds of shows um, and a Absolutely. lot of them concurrently. And, and it just, this one really was different in like, I've never like, to have to have the creative team kind of step forward and be like, "Hi, I gave you a character. Like now, please now hear the here's the experience that we've drawn for your character to have. Here's mm-hmm. the life that we've drawn for your character mm-hmm. to have that that we're going to share with the audience, right? But there's a whole bunch of life that you have created for this character, and like he, yeah. we need them to get to these these places. And like, what's missing? Please go to bat for your person." And I feel like that in, in some ways, like that has been, I think we were talking earlier about like characters being, it being such a privilege to carry a character for a long time, but also like with, with Loveless, like I, I have this like symbiotic relationship where Mm -hmm. like she lives as like a separate person kind of in a corner of my experience, but I also remember stepping into her for big recording periods and then stepping out of her and being like oh my life needs more of the that like yeah that bravery and that commitment or that passion you know just like just being able to like be be able to be like oh like these as I step from Cecilia to Loveless, like what, like this mirror, like gives me a good shift for, for what a good direction on like where to, where to go and what to bring in. And also like, um, to be what not to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like a little bit sometimes. There's lots of of good lessons to be learned. And I definitely, I definitely felt that with Minkowski as well. Mm. That like, 
there were definitely there there's parts of her that I'm just like oh I wish I could be more like that and then there's parts of her that I'm like I'm glad that I'm not like that (laughs) (laughs) ditto but I think I think I think that what you said Cece about the symbiotic relationship really resonated with me and I was just thinking about the ways in which I obviously fed Hera but also in the ways in which I I felt really fed by Hera by that character so I I appreciate that I resonated with that a lot oh I'm so glad that's awesome Yay. Well, that feels like a really nice note to end on. Um, so thank you. Thank you all so much for being here, for being on pairing and for sharing your your Wolf 359 memories and experiences. It was just it was just what a what a gift, what a delight to be able to work on this together. And so um thank you all so much for, for being here and for being part of my life in this way. So thanks for having us, Emma. That was awesome. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Yay. Well, folks, that was it. I hope you enjoyed the Wolf 359 reunion Christmas special episode of Pairing. Thank you so much for listening. It was an absolute blast to revisit the experience we had of making this amazing show. And I'm so grateful to everyone who made the time to come talk to me about it. If now seems like a good time to re-listen, make sure to join Zach as he re-listens at wolf359.fm slash re-listen. And note that the Wolf 359 Patreon is active again, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to an ad-free feed of the show. That is at patreon.com slash wolf359radio. Till next time, Sherjarko out. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode featured music from Alan Rohde and was edited by Emma Scherzarko and Zach Valenti. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You start with your own breathing. Match the rhythm of the breeze that carves the canopy, the birds and bugs chirping in set intervals. Feel the subtle pulse rising up from the ground beneath you. To wander is to dance with the forest. But the forest isn't just the partner. She's the music, the style. She's the rhythm. She's the set of ancient steps and movements that have been passed down from one dancer to another. She teaches you to dance the dance she invented to the music she's singing in a tonal system she thought up one night as it pleased her. You breathe 
and you listen and you wait for your place, your first step, the call to... Fairy Folktale Podcast from T.H. Ponders, a member of the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to the show by searching for The Wanderer in Apple Podcasts or by visiting www.callofthewander.com.